podcast all about video game movies and the stories that shaped them. My name is Andy Spiteri, joined by Gooey Fame. Goo, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, too. Can't complain. This is the podcast, of course, about video game movies and the stories that shape them. Usually, but not today, baby. Not today. Um, this is our our second uh, annual Star Wars episode, uh, podcast episode, I guess, if you want to call it, where, uh, you know, we're looking at specifically the prequels. Uh, that came out in the in the late 90s, early knots, And uh, these are like kind of cousins to video game movies, I feel like. I felt that way last year, and particularly after watching Attack of the Clones, oh, I feel that certainly. even more. Yeah, this still, this still works as a video game movie, uh, I think, where you can almost imagine the video game. <laughs> Actually, there are scenes in the movie that feel like there was a movie that they then had to make video game levels up for. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Where it's like, you adapt a movie, and then it's like, hmm, okay, Toy Story. All right, well, then I guess there's going to be like a Pizza Planet like platformer scene, even though none of this <laughs> happened in the movie. Uh, this it, movie it has feels scenes. like Jurassic Park when they're making up like merchant, like when they make those like shiny cars or whatever that... You know, they just made them so that they could sell the toys. I I feel mm. like this movie has so many like side quests and boss levels and stuff like that. And that's exactly what this is. Good for them. I mean, I never played the video game this based on this. I don't even know if there is one. Uh, I assume there is, but I good for George Lucas for saving the people some time coming up with video game levels. Absolutely. Hell um, yeah. So yeah. This is our uh, our second year doing this. Of course, uh, we we covered Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace last year, and I cannot recommend going back and listening to that episode enough before you dive in and listen to this episode. I re-listened to it myself the other day just to mm. uh, just to kind of get like a frame of mind of where I was at because I suggested some edits to the story that oh, yeah. I wanted to. I wanted to continue those into this story because I feel, Gooey, that I could have made the the prequels <laughs> so much better than they ended up being. And when I say so much better, I, what, I guess what I mean is like make more cohesive storytelling sense because I don't think the prequels are necessarily bad. They're, they're, a, they're like a fun time. You sit down, you just kind of go along with it and they're a fun time. But maybe as like a, a flowing narrative, there are some weak spots. So yeah, I wanted to continue my my story doctoring if you will from <laughs> okay. last year so yeah I, uh, I, I can't recommend listening to that one enough i too i too listen back to it and uh if i could i would even redact certain things i said um after now watching this movie um and yeah it, there's a lot of things that i'm like was questioning and then i watched this movie and i'm like you know what actually it's fine so i don't know what that says about me but I had a more positive <laughs> takeaway from this movie um, than I expected. Which, which is fair. Um, and, yeah. and you know what? This is... Uh, I, I think that this is generally regarded as the weakest of the prequels, I think. And I think it, I it's think actually so, generally yeah. regarded as like the weakest Star Wars movie, I think. 
who knows with the new stuff coming out, but yeah, of the, there, of there the was a original lot. six, I guess I, I can see that. I I'm kind of leaving it open with a uh, part three because I, I haven't right. re I haven't reexamined that. But I guess if I were to rank them so far, I would probably put this at the bottom. But I I, I didn't hate it this time or anything, so. I was kind of pleasantly surprised in certain ways. Yeah, and and I can't wait to talk about some of the uh, some of the trivia, some of the acting, some of the scenes, and just get into Star Wars here. Before we do that, we should probably bring up two pieces of news that uh, are are quite relevant to oh, okay. what is going on here. Uh, first and foremost, the uh, the actor who played Boba Fett just passed away. And uh, it seems like kind of weird timing since, you know, this is a movie about the, the clones. And, they, of course, the template for the clones was his father, Jango Fett. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, he just uh, he just passed away. His name is, uh, oh, God, what is his name? Jeremy uh, Bullock, I believe. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, he, he just passed away. So pay our respects to him for creating yeah, such a, an iconic character for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and I guess the second part is that, uh, so Disney announced like 17 new Star Wars movies, and I don't even think that's oh, an exaggeration. Jesus. So one of them. Yeah, well, mo- I think mostly TV shows. Oh, right? yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I'm sorry. That, I, that's actually, what so, Star Wars has become is a, a, a slew of television shows. <laughs> when they announced uh, all that Star Wars, all that Star Wars stuff, I, I looked at one and I was like, what the hell is Star Wars bad bitch? And <laughs> I, was, I was just like thinking it was going to be like a Birds of Prey Star Wars series. And then someone's like, no, read it. It says bad batch. And that's really disappointing. It's actually the like. w- Watto origin story. <laughs> um, also, if you want to see a picture of a uh, Sabalba action figure, make sure you join our Discord over at uh, discord.com. It's the only place you'll theater. see it. You won't see it anywhere else because I found it in a discount bargain bin value village. Wait, and I almost you, bought it. You should have gotten it. Yeah. How much it, was it? Was it was like it was like thirty bucks. Oh, that's if, a collectible. If it, was, <laughs> if it was like five bucks, I would have bought it and mailed it to you and not told you. I think, but thirty bucks. I was uh, like, I don't know if Sabalba's worth that. This that's kind of no, that's kind of pushing it. Definitely not. No. If he was in a pod racer, well, that's a different oh. story. There's that reminds me of a there's a antique store near me that uh has a I think I posted it in virtual talk a long time ago but I think it was Anakin's pod racer in the box and everything but it was also very pricey for me but I was I was also tempted to get that that is badass uh, you know what I'm going to I'm going to plug one of my one of my best friends actually he just moved down to Texas and uh since he got there, he, he can't work right now, obviously, because he's a uh, Canadian citizen, you know, getting his American citizenship. Long story. Mm. So he to pass the time, the dude's been making lightsabers, and they're pretty fucking <laughs> right cool, actually. So um, any of you guys uh, looking to go and, and check him out, his Twitter is at Dave of Diamonds. So uh, he's he's making some some cool stuff down in, uh, down in old Texas there, so... Uh, and yeah, I think he's selling them now. So, anyways, I was back back to the even before we got into Star Wars, bad bitch here. Um, I was gonna bring. 
I was going to bring up that uh, one of the series was a new Obi-Wan series. Ewan McGregor is back. Hayden Christensen will be back. Oh, yeah. That's pretty dope. That's pretty cool. That that one stuck out to me as one of the ones that I would like actually be interested in watching. That is cool. I am. I don't know what the other stuff is, but it's kind of like, isn't it kind of, it's kind of annoying now that like ever. I guess what else is Star Wars for? But it's like every Star Wars thing is like just a retread of characters, you know, like the same couple of characters and everything. Like, I just I want to see something new, I think. Yeah, you know what? I think I said it last year and I'm going to say it again this year. But like, man, make make like a, a fucking star wars knights of the old republic movie or something like just something so far removed from like the skywalker saga and everything that we've seen like just something Mm -hmm. completely different like i think one of the movies is about like the the rogue squadron that helps luke in like episode four and i'm just like fuck that you know like yeah and the the spinoff movies we have gotten are like han solo origin and yeah death star plan origin it's like I, I mean, I guess that's it. Maybe that's what the people want. I don't know. That I, it doesn't interest me. No, and like I, I completely agree. Like I think that there are a lot of interesting stories to be told in Star Wars, and like you know, the Mandalorian is kind of neat for what it is, but like that's because it's it's kind of removed from what's going on a little bit. Um, yeah, but just, yeah. Do you know the season finale spoilers of this that just happened? I have no idea because mm. uh, I canceled my Disney Plus. Okay, I don't know. I mean, but the this from what I I didn't watch it, but I saw, I watched the clips of it, and it's it's very the opposite of what we're talking about. It's, oh God! Yeah, uh, someone shows up, and then like earlier in the season, there was that clip going around of like, and Boba Fett's here, and he's badass, and it's like. Okay. <laughs> okay. I thought sure. Boba Fett was was dead in. Oh, fuck. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I th- I think we're both on the same page. We're like there are interesting stories to be told, but like let let the Skywalker saga breathe, I, man. Like just I, let it breathe. Yeah, I think the prequel the prequels. Um, I I think someone could respond and say like, well, the prequels do that too, but I I do sort of think at least it's. I think at least it's George Lucas trying to make a pretty honest attempt at it of like explaining it all in a way that's not what you totally would expect and is more interesting. And it's so different. It's so it, it like I think a lot of times I mentioned in the in the Phantom Menace ep- episode that it, it instead of being like a, you know, like space fantasy that like the prequels are like weird sci-fi movies that are totally different so they're like political thrillers almost to an extent yeah weird science fiction political thrillers and you know what (laughs) i think therein lies the the paradox of the star wars prequels because like people like the parts of the star wars prequels that feel sometimes out of place are like the the star warsy parts like the like the droids or the weird characters or, or like the weird alien characters and stuff like at its core, it's really a story about like how this politician maneuvered his way into this Supreme chancellor position and corrupted a young 
like Jedi along the way, and like mm-hmm. everything else is is kind of Gaga. It's and, uh, yeah. It's yeah. W- such a wider scope. I feel like like um, I, I if you think about it compared to the originals, um, obviously you have this sort of intergalactic struggle going on, but the core of the story is is like Luke Skywalker's journey and like Luke, Han and Leia a little bit, but um. You know, like in the in the last movie, they kind of Han and Leia are just kind of like hanging out, fighting the war, and like the emotional right. core of it all all is between Vader and Luke, uh, even with like the big battle scene and everything. Meanwhile, the prequels they do have this; it has this Obi Wan and Anakin. You know, they have a similar ish kind of arc, just in, in that it's more personal. But then the the intergalactic politics do become a focus because it is important to explain uh how Anakin kind of becomes swayed uh by and I, I think it actually is important to explain and I think they do a good job of showing the transfer from like a republic a republic to this galactic empire. So it's just the scope is so much larger. Um I agree with that. I, I don't know that I would necessarily do or agree with that i'll agree with you in that they told us a lot but they didn't show us a lot in these prequels and if you listen to my critique of episode one like the opening scroll has like all the political information like jam-packed right into there so i you know i can see where i can see where some people were immediately turned off because it's awesome that he made these like political thrillers but you almost have to disguise that so that star wars fans will embrace it you know what i mean um, but, maybe, you know, yeah, I maybe. guess, um, I guess for like, for, I, I really can't recommend listening to the Phantom Menace episode <laughs> enough because so much of what we're going to talk about today, like is really a continuation of what we talked about last year with the, the beginnings of this like kind of political takeover from Palpatine and, uh, the kind of the cast of characters and getting everybody set up. So, um, yeah, th- this is cool. And, and to circle, all the way back, I am looking forward to kind of seeing uh, Obi Wan and and Ewan McGregor in this particular form, like again, because I I think that they're, I don't know, I, I I like what they did in the prequels and maybe with like a, a slightly different direction, I think yeah. that they could do something cool. What's what's it gonna be though? Are they gonna be younger, de aged? I I don't know, I I don't know, like. Maybe it'll take place in between. Well, no, because the the CEO of Disney or whatever said that they're going to fight again, and it'll be the rematch of the century. So maybe it'll be after Episode Three, where like he's mm. full on Darth Vader by then. I'm not sure. Huh. I don't know if I like that either. Because <laughs> it is yeah. in in Star Wars, it's like this crazy big thing. Like they haven't. They have. It's like adding stuff into it that doesn't need to be there. Like they hadn't seen each other in so long. And that was kind of like what the moment was in that movie. Uh, It sort of makes me think of like the character arc that Han Solo goes through in his origin story. And like the whole point of it is like, that's also in star Wars, like the first star Wars, he goes through a similar arc. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know if it takes away from that, same arc if it's like we're just gonna do it but set before it like the character's just doing the same things 
Well, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me if it it was. Because, I mean, unfortunately, that's the way that Star Wars has kind of went. I feel like it's important, Goo, that we we also state for the record, just like we did last year. I I like Star Wars, but I don't love Star, Star Wars. It's not, like, sacred to me. You know, like, I can... Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can say I like a lot of things better than Star Wars. I, I think for me, I've always really wanted to love Star Wars, but they've they've never been like the masterpieces or like they, they've never spoken to me like I hoped that they would. So I'm, I'm not like a diehard Star Wars guy. OK, uh, yeah, I I really like the Star Wars movies, I guess. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not like a. I think I've said this before. I'm not like a read the books or do anything else other than I just like movies. And I think the star Wars movies are really good movies. <laughs> so that's all I really have to go off of. Right. And I, and I feel like it's important that we just kind of put that on the table so that, you know, there, there are people out there more knowledgeable than Gooey we're not experts. Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. So take, take, you know, take it where, for what you will. But, um, I mean, I guess let's talk about, um, let's get into the movie here in a, in a quick second and just kind of talk about some of the ups and some of the mm. downs. Cause there are a lot of both, but before we get there, um, I tried to pick out some tidbits that I thought were, were either interesting or funny or whatever. But the one that stuck out to me the most back in, uh, you know, the Phantom Menace days, uh, Jake Lloyd who played young Anakin went and literally like became a hermit after that movie. He was bullied. He quit acting. He never did anything again. And almost the exact same thing happened to Hayden Christensen after playing Anakin Skywalker in the prequel movies. He didn't do like anything. And I don't think he's really done anything since then. So it's like, it's so weird to me how like these characters that, or these actors that played this this iconic character were the the fan backlash was so intense that like they were just mm-hmm. like fuck it I'm I'm quitting acting and it makes me kind of worried about like the uh, like Daisy Ridley and um and all the other guys in in the new movies. Uh yeah, I mean the same thing happened to Ahmed Best as well, who played yeah. uh, Jar Jar. I think he got a lot of shit and he went through a lot. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That's just, it's just uh, people get really intense about Star Wars, I guess. It's uh, it's pretty wild because, I mean, I, I, I'm i hoping that that doesn't happen to, you know, the actors in the new trilogy. But I haven't I haven't heard of uh, the actress that played Rose in anything else. And people were all oh. up in her shit after. And like, it, it's just it's kind of sad. Like when you think about, you know, these these actors doing the best with what they're given and they, you know, the, the backlash is so intense that they're just like, Nope, I, acting is not for me. I saw a, a particular backlash um, when they started talking about uh, Finn and like his arc or whatever in, in the, mm-hmm. in, in like the last one um, when John Boyega was like kind of speaking out against it. And like, like a lot of even like, not just like fans, but like Hollywood people were like being like, it's disrespectful. You shouldn't say that. You shouldn't speak out against the movie, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, 
dude's just saying his opinion. But uh, I'm I'm I am most concerned, I think, for him because it wasn't just like fan backlash, but he was getting like Hollywood, you know, people yeah. higher up backlash, I guess, against him. Um, yeah, you know what? On on one hand, I kind of agree. With, I was I was worried about him, but on the other hand, I feel like he's just like he's so charismatic. He's so like he was he was solid. I feel like throughout the trilogy that I, I think that he'll bounce back and rebound and, and be fine. And like I, I like I don't think anybody hated Finn in the trilogy. I think that Finn was like a well regarded character, right? Maybe. Uh, I mean, I know I know plenty of people who were. Disapp- like liked Finn but were disappointed you know with his storyline right. and stuff like that but yeah I don't know I don't know anyone other than like you know when it, when he first was like revealed as a character when it was like what a black stormtrooper you know that whole hullabaloo but that's I think that's a um what do you call it a minor faction of people you know I think yeah I think most of what I heard is either people who really like Finn or people who like Finn but didn't care for his story arc or whatever. Um, yeah, that that's exactly it. I, I think that everybody that I talked to liked Finn. They didn't necessarily like. I didn't really like Finn's story in episode or in, not episode two, the second. What was that? Episode eight. Eight. I guess the last yeah. Jedi. Yeah, yeah. He, I, I thought that that was kind of shenanigans, but like I still like him. He's a he's a good character. Yeah, so I, I think that he'll be okay. He's also like super. He seems like a super cool dude. He does, like in yeah. Real life. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. I think you're you're probably right too about Rose. I think the actress what, what was her name? Kel, Kelly uh, uh Kelly yeah. Marie Tran. So but yeah, she got a lot of shit and Yeah. This stuck out to me as well, Gooey. So I'm I'm not gonna give you uh a spoiler warning here. I'm gonna be shitting all over Count Dooku almost every single time that we see him. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not I'm not a Dooku fan. Anti Dooku. This stuck out to me, I, but I do love Christopher Lee. I let it be known that dude's yeah, voice is just like great. Oh yeah, he, the rest in peace, Christopher Lee. Awesome, but Count Dooku sucks. And uh, when I when I was reading this, I I was kind of surprised because I guess apparently Count Dooku was initially designed as a female alien with concepts being thrown around like like a killer fairy or a hyper advanced robot or whatever, and eventually. They couldn't nail down the design, so George Lucas gave the team kind of an ultimatum and said, like, either pick one and make it work, or we scrap the whole thing and we just make Sir Christopher Lee, who has just signed on to the project, Count Dooku. And they <laughs> just did that. So Was the character always supposed to be called Count Dooku? I think so. Okay. I, I think so. Because part of me feel like, feels like... Like, he's basically, like, looking like Dracula, you know, which is he's classically known for portraying Dracula in, like, a million films. And so I thought they were, like, reverse-engineered it, where it's like, we got Dracula, <laughs> like, let's put him in a robe, and we'll call him Count Dooku. That basically sounds like Space Dracula. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch you about what I think should happen when we get to the, I, to the part with old Dukes. I loved watching a an old man fight a little frog. <laughs> Fuck. Um, so I also thought that this was funny because it was so Star Wars prequel-ish. I guess after making this film, Ewan McGregor went and did another movie, Black Hawk Down, 
and uh, it's a military movie, so he had like he was clean shaven, had a buzz cut, and then they did a bunch of reshoots, and they like fucking CGI'd his beard back on and his and his <laughs> hair, and wow, you you I probably don't that. notice it if you're not looking for it, but if you are looking for it, you can you can see it. So like, um, some of the scenes that he has his old CG beard include the conversation between Obi Wan and Anakin in the elevator, the exchange between the Changeling and the Outlander Club, uh, the Jedi Temple talk between Obi-Wan, Mace, Yoda, and his interrogation by Count Dooku. This guy is wearing a, uh, a fake beard on his face in those scenes, folks. Wow. Well, this is way, way advanced. It kind of reminds me when Justice League copied this gimmick and uh, CGI Henry Cavill's mustache yeah, right this off is, his face. This is a way ahead of its time, though, and I... I don't know. I'm looking at pictures after Googling Obi-Wan CGI beard, and maybe I'm, I just can't tell. What, like, whereas, like, Superman, I think he looked a little fucked up. Yeah, I'd say. A little um, fucked up is an understatement. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I, I guess, uh, good job. There's very, there's very uh, few real things in this movie. Um, yes. But, I, I'm surprised to find out that also his beard wasn't real. At least uh, in those well, scenes. One, one thing that was real that, that popped me is, uh, you know, we talked last year about how uh, George Lucas gave Liam Nielsen and Hugh McGregor like 10 minutes to pick a fucking Star Wars hilt that spoke to them, or a lightsaber hilt that spoke mm, to them. Of course. So our, our boy Sam Jackson, who is badass Mace Windu in this movie, uh... He just picked a random hilt and got the words "bad motherfucker" engraved in it. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Did did we establish he was the one who was like, "I want a purple lightsaber"? Yep, he did. Yeah. He, good, I, I, so good. as as legend goes, he just like went up to George Lucas and was like, "Can I have a purple lightsaber?" Lucas said that Jedi lightsabers were either blue or green, and Jackson just said, "Yeah, but I want a purple one." And they just gave him a purple lightsaber. I love that. And that, I love that. That story. was that. And it really yeah. st- it sticks out in this movie. Uh, so I'm kind of I like how unique it is in this film. What do we got? So we got blue and green for the Jedi. We've got red for the Sith. We've got purple for Mace Windu, and I believe that Ray has like a yellow lightsaber at but the end yes. of Rise of Skywalker, right? Yeah. Yeah, and Adam Driver's was kind of like flamey looking, but it's still red. Um, is there is there any other color lightsabers? I mean, I'm sure in the expanded universe, like I, yeah, right. there there definitely is, but uh, not. I don't think on film. So, you know, oh, there you go. Sam Jackson was just so badass that he just got his own lightsaber. So he, you know what? Shout out to him. He probably like created a whole new lore for how the colors and everything worked. You know what I mean? Like they. They probably, like Lucas said, they're only those colors. And he was like, no, purple. And they're like, okay, well, you know, whatever. And then, then, you know, whoever writes the books and stuff was probably like, I guess we got to come up with uh, more explanations on lightsaber coloring. So I just, I threw a quick old Google while you were saying that, Goo. And what I've come up with here is that green lightsaber holders tend to be calm, wise, and possess powerful force abilities. However... They can resort to achieving peace through force if necessary, while blue lightsabers 
are granted to those who aren't as strong with the Force, but are highly skilled in physical combat. Um, and they are commonly known as Jedi Guardians. But here's the coup de grace. Purple, gooey, is a rare color that represents those who are equally strong in the Force and in their combat ethics. Mm. So there you go. That's uh, it's a pretty achievement. Pretty big achievement. I'm going to take a lightsaber color quiz to figure out <laughs> which one I, I <laughs> Which get. color are you? I bet you that's out there. That's a BuzzFeed be quiz. Yeah. Um, all right, so one thing that I couldn't believe since we were uh, we were watching episode one the other night is that our boy Newt Gunray is never named in that movie. According to this little piece of trivia, he is not named in that movie and he's only given his name in this movie retroactively and as well as Shmi Skywalker is also never named mm. in the previous movie. Yeah, fair Did enough. Did you notice that? Is that is that true? Uh yeah, that's that sounds about right. I can't think of a time where they really say their names. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I sure. Uh, I picked up this one for you. Sabalba, the champion pod racer from Star Wars episode 1, seems to appear and I don't know what? if you notice this or not. When they're uh, when they're doing their old chase through the city, how do you get there? <laughs> I don't know, but Gooey, but um, the credits identify him as Saboka. So I, I don't know. Maybe we have oh. some conflicting information here, but I, that looks like Sabalba to me. Maybe he just could, change his name. Could be a relative. Maybe it's his brother. His twin what, brother. What about the Saboka Sabulba connection? <laughs> Is that one? Of, that's got to be one of the shows. They, no, they should have yeah. now. If they didn't announce a pod racing series, I I don't know what the fuck is wrong with them. Uh, you know what we should point out as well is that in the year since we recorded last year to this year, pod racing for the N sixty four has been ported to Nintendo Switch. So if you are looking to, you know, <laughs> test your pod racing abilities. That's, that's they, they got to make a new one, I think. That would be really cool. That'd be so cool. So This cool. is pod racing. I can't believe I didn't say this is podcasting. We're going to see how many times I do that today. Um, all right, let's keep going. Padme is supposed to be, like, several years older than Anakin. However, Hayden Christensen is actually two months older than Natalie Portman. I have some thoughts <laughs> on this that we'll get to later. In this movie. That rocks. Natalie Portman ages uh, very slowly. So. She, yeah, she ages very slowly. But she she does look beautiful in this movie, I will say that. <laughs> a timeless can, beauty. Yeah. Maybe that's a Naboo thing. Palpatine, you know, he doesn't age a whole lot either. Yeah, he, he looks pretty good by the time uh, they get to Rise of Skywalker. He's looking pretty solid. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, he's doing okay. Oh, wait, he's like a clone, I think? Oh, God. Well, I think he's like a test tube kind of a kind of a gimmick or something like that. That's fucked up. Can you, that, that's not can canon. You believe, can you believe that the Rise of Skywalker... And you know what? We should totally cover Rise of Skywalker once we're done with the trilogy, because that movie's just... Just up. that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe that they announced that Palpatine was alive during a fucking Fortnite event? And, like, that was Hell canon yeah. to the movie? That rocks, yeah. actually. That's good one stuff. of the best things about it. That's good stuff. Um, you know what would have rocked is this original idea for this movie. I don't know if this is true or not. But George Lucas's original idea for the Clone Wars was for everybody in the galaxy fighting their own clones. Now, I, I'm going to tell you a story. <laughs> Jesus Christ. When I was a kid, 
and I heard the the title of the second Star Wars movie, Attack of the Clones. I was like, that sounds fucking stupid. It doesn't sound as cool as like the Phantom Menace or whatever. But then I thought about it and I was like, actually, that could be kind of cool because like there's going to be clones of everybody. We're not going to know who's good, who's bad. And Works of course, for a didn't political thriller. That would have been badass, I think, instead of like, I didn't know what the clones actually were, but I think that that could have been cool. Kind That's of like a modern Among Us. Yeah, I th- I can imagine imagine that uh, that chase in the beginning, and then when they finally like unmask the person, and it's fucking like Qui Gon Jinn or whatever, <laughs> or it's like Obi Wan Kenobi, and it's like holy fuck, you know? That would be cool. Like you wouldn't know who to trust or like what's real, what's not. Yeah, it, actually, that's that's cooler than I like. I, I like the way the clone army is used in this and the next movie. But I think the origin of them being like Django Fett clones or something like that's stupid to me. But yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, two things before we actually get to the movie here itself. Um, I, I never noticed this actually when I was watching it, but uh, it's it, this stuck out to me. I never noticed that uh, Qui-Gon Jinn used to be the Padawan apprentice of Count Dooku. And I don't know why that that just stuck out to me. And they do mention it in the movie. But uh, I just must have missed it every time that I've watched it. I thought that that was like neat. Yeah, I they guess. they play on his connection to him and stuff. Yeah. So uh, it's well, yeah. we can talk about it when we get there. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace to the legend. He was uh, yeah. 93 when he passed away in 2015. Wow, so, long uh, life. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, also. While while Christopher Lee was tearing it up as Count Dooku in this movie, he was also fucking shit up over on the Lord of the Rings side as uh, in the iconic role of the White Wizard Saruman. Yeah, he was Man, also releasing a... like spoken word, or he was singing too, oh, but, like yeah. metal albums. <laughs> like, what a cool dude! Just an absolute like classy, classy dude. I watched so many hours of him just like talking and the extras and Lord of the Rings and uh, man, that, that guy's passion for that was, uh, for, was yeah. unreal. So that's, that's where I really fell in love with Christopher Lee. But not in this, huh? You know, he, <laughs> he, just like, just like a lot of people, he does the best with what he, what he's given, which isn't a lot. Uh, okay. Last thing I want your, uh, opinion on this gooey because we're we're talking about a political thriller here last year we touched on the fact that the queen position of naboo is actually an elected position which makes me wonder mm-hmm. who the fuck would elect a 14 year old girl to run a planet that well, doesn't it, make any sense no it's it's we we looked it up on wikipedia during the podcast but it's actually explained during this film uh that you, they actually they elect young queens like they have a whole like um, system that they go through that they like raise these right. young girls through, uh, and then like and you see the current queen in this movie and it's another young you know young woman like that's yeah that's like how their whole society works apparently. Oh, it's it's just so messed up. I feel like, but then so Amidala has uh has given up the queen position and she is now a senator taking palpatine's old position actually if i'm not mistaken yeah so it, it seems that senator is actually a step above uh queen which is kind of weird. well 
I believe the queen, she says in the movie that the queen appointed her senator or something like that. So there's some checks and balances there. Hmm. Weird how the Naboo uh, political system works, though, I feel like. That's a strange uh, one. Yeah, but it's interesting in, like, Alien, and that's, like, a very sci-fi. It's, like, it's something I like about, like, Star Trek, and I that's, like, a thing I think is really cool about this, where it's, like, you see another culture, and, like, their mor- morality is different, their system is set up in a totally different way, and it's, like, mm-hmm. it's, like, c- compared to, like, from your perspective or whatever, it's, like, could seem kind of fucked up, and maybe it is, but... It's, I think yeah. that's more interesting, I guess. There's some more, it's not as, like, black and white morality-wise of, like, who are the good guys and who are the bad guys, you know? It's, like, a more matter-of-fact, like, here's how their political system works, you know? Judge it right. for what you will. It's it's odd, but, I mean, I guess uh, I guess it works for them. So that's, well, it, that's no, cool. it doesn't. <laughs> well. It didn't. It did for a, a while, I guess, but... uh. I think maybe that's... It did before fucking Palpatine got in there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, that's well, the point of the movie. Yeah, it's good stuff. Let's uh, let's get into the movie itself here. We've been going on for 40 minutes. Um, once oh, again, go listen, go listen to that uh, Phantom Menace episode before you listen to this one, because they are uh, their tag team. Let's mm. get it started here. The opening blast of music. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. It's rocking. I think that this opening scroll is... It's a bit much, but it's not as bad as the opening <laughs> scroll for the yeah, Phantom Menace. the scroll, scrolls. The Phantom Menace would be dead last. Like, dead last. Um... No, I, th- I think Rise of Skywalker is the, the dumbest one, because it's like, it starts off with, like, Palpatine's alive, or whatever. That's like it's cool though. It starts off with the phrase of like the dead have risen or something, and that like grabs your attention. It just like grabs you by the neck. You're like, Yo, I, yeah, this I is guess what's aesthetically, but I, I just think conceptually, it's so stupid. <laughs> um, I yeah, I I think the I I kind of grown to like the Phantom Menace one because it came a meme and all that stuff. But I I think now that I watch it, it's like I'm just like. It makes sense to me now, whereas like I I totally imagine going into it as like a classic Star Wars fan, and you're like, oh boy, here we go, here's another fantasy adventure, and it just starts talking about trade routes and treaties and and stuff like and gl- <laughs> like different tariffs and taxes, tariffs and yeah, um, but now I like it. It's grown on me, <laughs> so I'd rank it pretty high. I mean, like yeah, once you dig in and you like kind of sort out like what's going on it's like okay well this makes sense but it's not a very um it's not a very sexy opening <laughs> let's just say and and frankly neither is this one but it's not as bad as episode one so to set the table uh this takes place 10 years after the phantom menace we learn that uh there's a bunch of of planets that want to leave the republic and that these separatists are being led by someone named count dooku amidala is now a senator and is voting on whether to authorize the creation of a new army to help out our local space cops, the Jedi. Yeah, yeah makes sense. There we go. Stage is set. <laughs> uh, you know what? It, it really did, like, strike me how much, 
like the Jedi are like basically just police. Like in the in the setup of this of this opening crawl, like it, they constantly are talking about how the Jedi are going to be overrun and they don't have enough like people to protect everybody. Like they they really are just like the police force of the galaxy. Yeah, they're like they're they're religious super police basically. <laughs> That's kind of fucked up. Uh yeah, I I and again I liked, like, for example, in the first movie where they show up right away and everyone's freaking out. Like, they're scared of them. Like, they're present. I mean, obviously, it's like the villains or whatever, but I, I think a lot of places they go, it's like, oh, geez. And then um, you see it later in this where, uh, I mean, we'll we'll talk about it, I guess, but there's a scene in a little bit where um, doesn't Obi-Wan, he, like, cuts someone's hand off like he does in in oh, yeah. uh, star wars in the original movie so that's just a thing he does you know um and you know there's that great line where anakin's like jedi business you know so it's like yeah their police force just goes around like chopping off people's limbs and being like yeah we can do that <laughs> don't worry about it and you know they can play mind tricks on people and stuff like that it's yeah it's like it's cool. <laughs> it's fucked up, but it's kind of cool. Well, we're we're gonna start this off hot. We've got a hot open here, um, dude. Talk about knock on wood. So a Naboo ship lands on a some kind of hangar. And this one jabroni is just no. Like, it's our it's guess, our dude from the first movie. He just has an eye patch no, now, isn't it? No, that that dude wasn't. Oh. Uh, he wasn't back. He he Damn got. It. Um, what was his name? I can't remember what his name was, but he declined to come back because there was no... He, they couldn't agree on, like, a contract or something like that. So they were they were planning on writing him off. Oh. He so, kind of looked yeah. like him, and he had, like, a similar... Kind of, yeah. I, like, I, I was equally kind of drawn to him then because I felt like his... I liked his, like, line deliveries and stuff like that. So, okay. I'm sorry. No disrespect to this other guy. Uh, this other guy was probably inside the ship. So the 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 eye patch dude, who I just called like Captain Cyclops, he um, it's so funny. He, he literally just like he goes, he's like, well, that guess was I was wrong. No danger at all. <laughs> Kaboom! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. That was great. Uh, I was like, I was like, buddy, like, come on, knock on some wood at least. Like the second he's done saying it, uh, her ship just blows up and this one this still struck me as kind of funny because even though padme is not the queen anymore uh she still has a body double and her body double was the one on the actual ship so that leads me to question uh two questions here does every senator have a body double i think you know I what know. i i have a better explanation <laughs> i think it's like you know how like if you're president here you have the Secret Service, but when you stop being president, you still get Secret Service assigned to you for the rest of your life. Right. I think right. that's just like just like one or two, though. Right. So maybe there it's like yeah. if you're any former queen, because it's like you're you're still a very influential person, I assume. And you I assume you have a long life ahead of you. So it's like you might as well have a body double for the rest of your life. So let me ask you this then, Gooey. I can I can totally buy a body double stepping in and like putting on the ridiculous costumes that the Queen of Naboo wears and like all the face paint and the makeup and stuff. But like this is just the real Padme and like you could look at her and easily see like that's not Padme. 
right? Like, is that is that just me? I mean, there are there are still people <laughs> there are people in real life who don't dress like that who do have like body doubles or whatever, you know. Like Saddam Hussein had body doubles and shit like that. Well, that's good company to keep, I guess, for <laughs> she's five pretty comparable, yeah. But she still wears, you know, some extravagant outfits and you throw throw a hood on her or whatever, can't fully see her face, and it's like, you know, there you go. One time I used to work at Whole Foods and one time everyone was freaking out because someone was at the salad bar and I was like, Why is everyone freaking out? And they're like, That's Lady Gaga and I was like it, but she was just like dressed like a normal person. I'm like, and she had like I don't know, like sunglasses and a big hat on. And I was like, how do you know that's Lady Gaga? But it, it was Lady Gaga, so you know, if it La- was actually Lady Gaga, it was Lady Gaga. Yeah, um, I actually saw yeah, that's fucking cool. I saw a lot of celebrities at Whole Foods. Uh, one person who came in all the time was Jimmy Smiths, who is in this movie. <laughs> Um, as, uh, what's his name? He's one of Palpatine's homies, uh, Senator <laughs> Bail Organa. Well, there you go. I, he's a good guy, isn't he? Yeah. He's going he's, to be a he's, good he's, guy? He's, uh, he's Pal- Palpatine, Senator Palpatine's, like, one of his homies. And I think, I, I think he ends up Organa. He must, he must be who they gave Leia to after. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I I was served food to Leia's adopted father. Dude, you should have asked him what the fuck was going on in the prequels here. Why is a senator higher than a queen? Tell me. <laughs> I guess he's not from Naboo though. He he doesn't have those answers. They don't have uh, our pretty, perfect cool. political systems. Yeah, it it was cool. Um, I get yeah, I guess. Shout out to Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah, I think if Lady Gaga can hide in public, then you know Padme can. Can you imagine if this movie was made, like, now? Like, she would have been the perfect Queen Amidala. Maybe not the perfect Padme, but, like, she would have been just a perfect Amidala. <laughs> like, well, you know what? She she plays the, the dress-down part, too. Uh, you know, she's an actress in some movies, so maybe she could have pulled it off. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> anyways, let's, let's keep it going here. Yeah. I do like Lady Gaga, though, I will say. Yeah, yeah, I like Lady Gaga. Uh, this really stuck out to me. Tell me if it did for you too. When her body double dies, her being uh, Padme, when her body double dies, she literally spits out like the worst death lines ever and says, "So sorry," and then like dies. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, she. You know, it's not how you want to go out. I guess. Oh. Uh... I don't remember honestly. So. I don't know. Stop talking about it later. Let's just talk about it now. Okay. Because I feel like I feel like people picked on Natalie Portman for her bad acting in the first movie, and I feel like people picked on Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen for their quote unquote bad acting in this movie. Like, uh huh. And, and of course, you and I aren't experts, so we're not here to pass out judgment on anyone's acting or or whatever. But like, I guess. Like what? What did you think of their of their acting in this movie? Knowing what the dialogue was, knowing what they, you know, what knowing what they are capable of. Like Natalie Portman is going to win an Oscar in a couple years after this. Like, mm-hmm. like, what did you think of their performance relative, relatively speaking? I do. I kind of 
I stick by what I said about her in the last movie, actually, where I think she's trying something weird a little bit. <laughs> like, she's trying to, like, it's weird because she looks, like, just, like, human, and so we kind of just, like, expect her to talk in a more relatable way <laughs> or something, but I feel like she's trying to sound like a weird alien politician who's, you know, been groomed since birth to be a politician it seems and uh i think she does a good job of like later in the movie when it's kind of just her and anakin and she starts to like open up to him to be a bit more like human you're like you know what i mean more relatable especially by the time she's like uh gung-ho to kind of go on a mission and rescue obi-wan by the end like she seems way different to me um so I, I wouldn't say it's like fantastic, but I, I do think it's it's okay, it's okay like for what she's going for. Mm-hmm. And then Hayden Christensen, I thought I thought he was alright. Um I thought a lot of the stuff people usually make fun of or have like meme from this, um wasn't in context of the movie actually wasn't like that ridiculous or funny, you know, I thought it was just uh, like normal. Yeah, I, I agree. Like the I the iconic like I hate sand scene, um, I think I agree. I think you could accuse that scene of being like a like they're obviously going for like the metaphor there of like their their class disparity of her being like this royal who it's supposed to be like oh she's her experience with sand is on the beach and his is in the desert as a slave. Um, you could maybe say that's like a little like uh on the nose or something like that but oh, I, I think that there's a lot of things on the nose in this movie but i di- i didn't think it was that that over the top and corny is i i mean when you play the clip out of context and it just starts with i hate sand and it's him talking about sand it's like okay but like in the context of that scene i didn't think it was that ridiculous so yeah i think they both did okay i think they did okay it wasn't th- it wasn't the best but uh, you know what? I I agree. We'll we'll talk more about that scene when we get there. But um, I I agree. I think that both of them were very wooden to start. They got slightly better as the movie went on. Um, I, I, unfortunately, I feel like the movie suffers the most often when the two of them are together and having exchanges. But I feel like that's because they get the most dialogue between each other and like the dialogue just isn't very good in this movie in general so like yeah it, i feel like it they definitely have some spotty moments i actually kind of liked a lot of the scenes where they're together honestly but uh i definitely picked out a lot of like lines that was like oh that's a little clunky you know yeah man that's a good word for it clunky. i don't think just using like the same series as an example like i don't think they have like a natural chemistry like Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher did in the original ones, you know, where no. They're saying also kind of goofy lines. They're they're not really having to get too into detail though about like their life and politics or anything, you know, it's just very simple like oh, you're going to go and leave us and Hans like hey, why don't you <laughs> why don't you come over here you know it's like very simple but uh they just have like a natural kind of chemistry and i and they're just like 
crushing it, you know? So, I don't know. It's they, they had a lot more in this movie to work with, and a lot more they were trying to get across with this these characters, you know? Well, we'll we'll get to some of these scenes that that stick out for better or for worse as we <laughs> sure. as we get along here. Um, but we know that we have somebody trying to assassinate Padme, and rightfully she's pissed. And she goes to the Jedi Order. This stuck out to me actually. Um, so they're talking about Count Dooku, and like Mace Windu is defending him to Padme, and he's just like, "Oh no, no, he he wouldn't do that. He's mm-hmm. not that yeah. type of a of a guy." And I was just like, "What the fuck?" Like. Didn't he betray the Jedi Order, like, forever ago? Like, ten years ago? Like, it, this just, it seemed, like, super, super odd to me. And it, like, it reminded me of, like, I don't know, like, politicians almost defending police when they do bad shit, or maybe I was sure. reaching with that one, but no, it's I, just, like, it stuck out. I think, I think, I could sort of see that, yeah. I, I especially took that line, and I, I don't think it totally contradicts your reading of it, but... Like, they, they explicitly say later in the movie, like, how kind of arrogant the Jedi are and 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 stuff in their power. And that also carries over to, like, the Senate, the Galactic Senate, and, like, just the whole status quo is they're, they're very comfortable. They don't think, like, they can do any wrong, you know. And they, they say, like, oh, yeah, Count Dooku... You know, he, he might have done whatever, but he used to be a Jedi. Like, he isn't capable of murder, you know? Like, it just goes to show how, just kind of how cocky they are, you know? It's not even like, I don't think he's trying to cover it up. I just think he's so sure. He's just so sure that the Jedi couldn't do anything that heinous, you know? Very out-of-touch comment. I feel Out-of-touch. Like, like- That's totally it, yeah. It's like, hello, this dude is is obviously evil, and like, you know, of course we know that since we've seen this, but like, you you literally have this guy leading the separatists like against the Jedi. I don't know. It, it just it stuck out to me, and like, it it just kind of put in yeah in the forefront how out of touch they they were. I thought that was yeah, that was like a really interesting line. I really liked that line. Um. Anyway, so Palpatine is also in on this meeting with the Jedi and Padme, and he suggests that Obi-Wan protect Amidala, and this dude is playing the long game. He's got, like, <laughs> yeah. plans on top of plans. This guy is so good. I wish that we saw more of him in this movie, actually. Yeah, I, I don't know. He's kind of there, like, pulling the strings, you know? Yeah. I think I think yeah. he's used pretty well here. Yeah, he, he definitely is. I just... It's kind of. I, I think that generally speaking, he's he's probably the best actor in in this prequel trilogy. Like he's the most consistent. He's the most believable. Um, maybe it's just he has the best material to work with, or like the coolest like things to do. But like uh, anytime that he's on screen, I feel like it's good acting and it's it's he's very like, cool. plot wise makes yeah yeah he's very cool and like he's not he doesn't play a big part in this movie obviously as he does in the first and second. Wait, he has he has to be like convincing because it's like we see it more in the next movie but he has to like seduce anakin you know Mm -hmm. so he you have to be convinced by him or it doesn't really work Mm -hmm. i can't wait to do revenge of the hell yeah i'm so next year that's gonna be fucking sick um also fucking sick is uh obi-wan's flow is absolutely 
at 11 right here. Yeah, once he... Gone is his braid, and now he's got, like, the Kurt Russell going on. He oh, looks yeah. badass. You get to graduate once you aren't a Padawan, right? And you get to have, like, a cool haircut. Uh, he, he looks... He looks super good, I thought, just especially with his CG and his fake beard. That stuff is, was the <laughs> it, best. It held up, yeah. Uh, all right. You knew it was coming at some point in this movie. Jar Jar fucking Binks. He's back. <laughs> did you see did you see the like recently someone <laughs> tweeted about this? They said they you know, the first movie came out. They they got the response. You know, they they got, you know, all the notes they could on Jar Jar. And the first thing he says in this movie is, Misa so smiling to see your faces or something like that. <laughs> I was so stoked. Oh, God. I've come around. I, lo- I'm, I love Jar Jar now. You know, I'm, I'm still I'm still one of those guys. I just he's he's so dreadful. And I love I, I'm all about like the cutesy characters in Star Wars. OK, like the Ewoks, the. <laughs> The Porgs or whatever the, the hell they were in the new movies. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah, uh, give me that. But Jar Jar fucking Binks. Oh, God. You like, you like classic, God. just the classic Yoda? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's great. Classic yeah. Yoda. Yeah. Yeah, Jar Jar um, definitely, I, for me, it's, I don't know what it is, but uh, he's grown, he's just grown on me. I think maybe because it is like, it's just, he's been there since I was nine and he's gone through so much, like, outside of the films, you know, that I'm just like, wow, Jar Jar. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he's endured to me. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's he's here. That's all I'll really say about it. Uh, he fucks everything up later. He's good in this movie, actually. Like, I like his role, uh, especially when you consider the context of the last movie. Um, he does fuck everything up. But something I think I kind of like about it is that it, it go again goes to show like kind of how like their their system has kind of like a blind spot to like actual reality because um, I think uh, this happens in real life is he he is like basically a war hero like he's he <laughs> I think I assume he's a war hero from the last movie and for for basically on accident like everything he did in that final battle uh he totally was just fucking goofing around he never like except for when the guy like threw him the grenade or whatever he kind of did something but otherwise he's just like a total fuck up but he gets this position of power from it you know <laughs> it's like that is the perfect guy to totally like they he gets the reins of power at like at least some power and of course, like he can be exploited, you know, by Palpatine. Oh yeah. So I kind of yeah. love it. <laughs> I, I, I do think that that it was so subtle, and I'm I'm not even sure I wrote it down in my notes because it happened so quick. But like when Palpatine is later on suggesting that they need a senator with courage to nominate him for supreme like powers, and he he doesn't even have to look towards Jar Jar, but like he just knows that Jar Jar wants to be seen as like smart and capable and not like this right from gungan city and it and it and it's perfect for that and it's perfect for how everyone else would view him because not only he has this like kind of war hero vibe but it's it's probably also like like when naboo when naboo was talking in the galactic senate in the last movie it wasn't there were no gungan representatives you know they probably looked down upon more so he's probably looked at as like sort of this success story you know 
Well, <laughs> we're really Jar-Jar. diving in onto the Gungans here. Jar Jar fucking Binks is back, and we haven't heard the last of him. Um, <laughs> no. I'll tell you what, this, I told you this yesterday, this physically hurt me to, oh, to hear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you, do you want to take this one? Um, no, you go ahead, you go ahead. Alright, alright, so, Anakin, and Obi-Wan, see Padme for the, for the first time. This is the first time. In ten Anakin years. Seen her in ten years, he's, he's absolutely just in love, he's been dreaming of her every day. And he, he is hitting on her, like, immediately and hard and not even hiding it, which is, like, mm-hmm. kind of shout out to you for at least making your intentions known. But, good God, this guy, this this Anakin Skywalker guy gets friend-zoned so <laughs> hard and so fast by Padme. Yeah. Who he just, like, dishes out this compliment of being, like, you've grown more beautiful than I remember. And she's just, like... You're the same little boy, or you'll always be the same little boy in the desert to me. She's Andy. like not interested. Yeah. Oh, that actually it just yeah. it had me thinking about because we were talking in the last movie about like you you felt like their relationship was kind of weird, and I I was kind of like yeah I guess so, but I I I wanted to see how it played out, and I actually looking back on it, it's like it's definitely weird, but like in the way that it it is for like it serves the story really well, you know? And, and we were talking about like, you're like, I don't know, is this like predatory (laughs) in the first movie? But, um, the way I see it now actually is like, she, you know, she cared for this little kid, helped him get off the slave planet or whatever. Um, he immediately attached himself to her after he lost his mom, like emotionally, you know? And then they didn't see each other for 10 years. <laughs> and she probably didn't think about him that way for 10 years. And then that's all he could think about. You know what I mean? And when, so I don't know. I actually ended up really liking the way that ended up. Mm, I, I have some thoughts, but I'll save them okay. for, for the climax of the movie. Um, I did want to point, you already pointed him out, but I, I jotted down in my notes here that the Cyclops, the eye patch guy, he ruled. He didn't really do much in this movie, but he had a cool look. He yeah, it was similar similar to the other guy, and maybe maybe it's kind of fucked up. Like maybe these guys should have had a cooler role. Um, but it, yeah, he he was just like had a good presence, great line deliveries, and a lot of things like just a lot of charisma. Uh, to fill out cool like patch. a side character. Yeah, cool eye patch. Yeah, I liked him. Uh, too bad he wasn't shooting lasers out of that thing or something. <laughs> Sure. cool. Yeah, sure. Um, so no wonder Anakin turns to the dark side eventually. Obi-Wan is like right up his ass and he's lecturing him in front of Padme and like telling him like you will listen and like just kind of makes him look like a boob right in front of this girl that he obviously wants to impress. Mm-hmm. I felt a little bit bad for our boy here, but also he was kind of being a shit. But still, he was, I felt a little bit bad for I him. liked, yeah, I liked Obi-Wan kind of writing him on this movie. I, again, was thinking about, because we rewatched the first one, I was thinking, like, he was given this uh, task that he pr- probably didn't want in the first place of raising and training Anakin, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he did it to honor his, his master, his wishes, you know? And he is taking it very seriously, and he is, like all the other Jedi 
he's cool in this movie, but he's definitely still indoctrinated into their, like, way of life and, like, their way of viewing things, you know? So, like, yeah. he is very, like, I love that. I actually lo- like their dynamic a lot. Like, you can see they care about each other and stuff. Like, they have good lighthearted moments, but he is always, always riding Anakin to do by the book cop shit, you know? Yeah, I, I think that their their relationship to me is is the strongest in the movie, which is probably not good since the movie's supposed to be about the relationship between Anakin and Padme. But yeah, they're like at one point, I think a couple points in the movie actually, like Anakin says that Obi Wan is basically like a father to him, and like I, I I like their scene, but like he, I mean, I guess if you are the chosen one, you know that's supposed to bring balance to the Force, like you need somebody to be on your ass, but. Uh, I don't know. It it does seem, it does seem like maybe Obi-Wan could have realized that like not all Jedi are built the same, especially when you have this kid who, you know, has been told that he's this chosen dude. And like, that puts a lot of pressure on him. I don't know. Well, I mean, that's, that's more so for the next movie, but it is interesting. Well, it also comes after too of like them shooting it down so much. And like, they're definitely really worried. Like they are worried about like, you know, Anakin, from the start where they're like, I don't know if we should train him. So he probably has this extra pressure on him too of like, you know, you don't fuck this up. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and you know what? The, the biggest thing, the biggest cock up that they, that they made is like, I, I feel like this entire thing. So Anakin isn't able to sleep because he has bad dreams about his mom. Yeah. I feel like his entire turn to the dark side could have just been avoided if they had brought his mother along. But of course, that's not allowed if you're a Jedi. You're not allowed to have any personal attachment except to your Jedi master. Right, yeah. And man, like I just, uh, every time, man, every time I see this, I'm like, fuck, like if, if they just would have rescued her in episode one, this could have went another way. Exactly, yeah. And it goes back to what I was saying a minute ago of he also wouldn't immediately have like, uh, completely made Padme like his whole world you know what I mean like he he yeah. just transferred his affection for his mother for this woman who was kind to him when he was young you know um yeah I agree with you like if they would have found a way to bring her we wouldn't be um talking about this but not only that I gotta imagine like it's not just like oh they they didn't let me have compassion or stuff like that but it's like yeah. What you were saying in the last movie, like, they could, they probably could have helped her, you know? <laughs> they could have probably found a way. Or, like, why didn't they go back? You know, like, they are so powerful, you know what I mean? They can do anything, basically. Obviously, they have, they do have, like, their restrictions and stuff, but he goes back there right. and finds her no problem when he's finally let off his leash. You know? <laughs> so I can totally see, yeah, like... I mean, I think the movies do a good job of showing why he would turn. Yep, I I agree. And how um, how good this is jumping way ahead, but I love how his whole his whole storyline ends with by showing compassion for his son and saving his son's life. Just say it. Maybe we should we should totally we should keep the Star Wars train going after we're done with uh with episode three, I think. There's there's a lot of like it's a good saga story isn't here. It's yeah. a good saga. We've got uh another assassin uh 
coming to eliminate Padme, and Anakin wants to, to use her as bait. And uh, this assassin uses a droid to drop off some like poisonous millipedes into Padme's yeah. room. I really loved that. <laughs> that was cool. You gotta love the creativity. Yeah, that was that was pretty sick. Uh, this is one of my favorite scenes of the movie, actually, this next uh, sequence here. Yeah, um, I think so this Obi-Wan, is the best scene in the movie, honestly. It's yeah, I you know what? Yeah. It's I was I was going to say maybe one later, but this is a more um it's more involved scene. Mm. So I, I really liked it. Um Obi-Wan jumps out the goddamn window, grabs the droid, Anakin jumps into a cruiser and like they are off and like there's this really fun chase and they're they're chasing this assassin down and like the the setting I think it is looks like so cool really really it looks so cool it's like it's like cyberpunk Star Wars it it's is awesome we we didn't really get to see the side of the planet in Phantom Menace because we were just in yeah meeting rooms and you know the the court or, or the Congress or whatever the Senate so we get to see like the city life of it and yeah it is it does have a sort of a cyberpunky vibe to it or something like that. And oh, it's so cool. Like, definitely more of a harder edge to it than what... I mean, not compared to Star Wars stuff as a whole, but compared to what you think that planet looks like for, at a glance, you know? It's really cool. It Yeah, because, like, in Episode 1, you just see, like, the the really tall, magnificent buildings and, like, all the, the cars going everywhere. But, like, here you kind of see, like, the underbelly and, like, the nightclub and stuff like that. And, like... It's kind of weird because, like, there are some... There's a lot of scenes in this movie that is just, like, a big CGI fuckfest. But, like, this actually looked pretty good, I thought. Maybe I'm just a sucker uh, for, like, the aesthetic, but I don't know. The whole... I mean, the whole the whole movie looks crazy. Like, it's all... It's completely, to me, I think, completely computer-generated from what I can tell. And it looks nuts, but uh, it, it has a... It has a style, you know what I mean? Like, I and I think it do, It did kind of, like, this was kind of a groundbreaking mm. series in terms of using computer animation to make movies like this. And I, I don't know. I think, I think even though it's like completely computer animated, like it has a such a striking style, and it's really distinct. Compare it to like, I don't know, like a scene from Civil War where they're just fighting. On a, at an airport, <laughs> and everything's you know gray. Uh, even though that's all computers too, basically, or maybe even less with the setting. But I don't know. I think it looks way more visually stunning than a lot of fully CG movies we get today. So I loved it. it it's funny you said that actually, because I feel like this, like the Star Wars prequels, were kind of a turning point for CGI as well, but almost in like the other direction where I, I think that lots of people were like, you know what, if you rely on CG too much, this is what happens and this is what you get. And I think that a lot of people were very like turned off by that. Um, so I, I kind of, I get it too. I kind of agree. Yeah. And like, I, I see what you're saying, like, but I think like, I like, I like the setting on this particular scene, but like, there are definitely some scenes later in the movie where I'm just like, this, this just looks like fake and, fucky and i don't know (laughs) i do think it has well actually um the bar is is like actually a real set that is one of the Mm -hmm. few real sets that they used and hayden christians had said that like that was his favorite um his favorite scene to film yeah i think i there's a lot of stuff that they didn't have to do that way but i think 
uh, George Lucas just wanted to because I think he was just so into the technology. Yeah. And so I appreciate it for that. Like, like it's not like it is just like kind of a guy fucking around with some new tech a little bit. But, you know, sure. I think that's cool. But I, I totally also agree with the other side of that where it's like, like if you just compare the Yodas, you know, it's like the original yeah. Yoda has so much more life to it than than the CG Yoda in this, for example. But the scene was the scene. Yeah, it's so cool. Um, and it was like it also was like a, this had like a, it was like a buddy cop kind of movie we're watching right now. Yeah. And yeah, it was awesome. Kind of this like Obi-Wan. He fucking jumped out of a window. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah, that, that was sick. Actually, and then when Anakin just like he, he this dude falls for like a million miles and like <laughs> nails the fucking car that the the assassin is driving in. I it was so absurd, but I I was yeah. cheering when that happened. This 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 was a thing in um, Phantom Menace as well, where there's so many different things. Like a video game, they just go from level to level to level. And I said, like, the pod racing, I was like, there could have been a pod racing movie. Like, it was so interesting on its own. This scene made me want there to be just a whole buddy cop movie about them, like, investigating uh, this assassination attempt and, like, unraveling it just on this planet alone, I think, could have been its own movie. Not not to say I, I did like most of what happens throughout the movie, very interesting in the whole overarching story, but... I I don't know. I think you could actually spend more time on uh this planet alone. Very yeah, very interesting. I I I love the dynamic between Obi-Wan and and Anakin and like how he breaks the rules but like he gets it done, but he also does need to be reined in a little bit from Obi-Wan and like uh I I wouldn't mind seeing that explored a little more for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, this whole this whole thing I think is maybe one of the best scenes in the movie. It's really fun. The aesthetic is cool. It's like, it's like something a little bit different. Um, and the, the club scene was cool. So anyways, before they, before we get into the club, so Anakin <laughs> is on this car and he crashed, he crashes it into like the ground and it doesn't blow up. I was expecting there to be like mass casualties, but I guess there's not. No, so that's fine. That's probably good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they walk into the club though. Uh, the Jedi do. And this is a little bit on the nose, but Obi-Wan says, like, uh, why do I get the feeling you're going to be the death of me? Uh, on the nose, but, like, kind of kind of neat anyways, <laughs> right? Like, I didn't pick up on it, actually. But, yeah, that is that is on the nose. I just, I, it flew um, right by me. So, yeah, th- they're in this club. They're looking for the shape-shifting assassin. And uh, Obi-Wan is just fucking doing shooters over at the bar, which is yeah, kind of sweet. Yeah, he immediately goes to get drinks. I was like, wow. I mean, and that's I, that's his style, right? I guess so. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't seem like a very Jedi thing to do. Um, that, I guess it is. <laughs> at least that's what he's done his whole life. I don't know. I guess, I guess the Jedi can throw back. There's no rule that says he can't. Maybe. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I have to read the sacred text. <laughs> I'm sure that that is probably a thing somewhere. Somebody has a copy of, like, the Jedi Bible Appa- somewhere. Apparently, chopping limbs off is, like, a normal thing, though, so. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Everybody knows. I got a little fun piece of trivia for you, by the way. The the dude 
selling the death sticks to Obi-Wan oh, yeah, yeah. is uh is Mouse from the Matrix. Oh, yeah, you know what? I can totally see that. <laughs> so, Mouse just he keeps on living that life of crime and Obi-Wan tries to set him straight here, so uh good for him. He, yeah, he throws some but, uh Yeah, he throws some little mind tricks at him. But I mean, goddamn, he just like dead ass chops off the arm of this assassin. Granted, she was going to shoot him in the back, but like, holy moly. And I love, again, I love that this sets up like, cause you know, he did it in a new hope or whatever. And so it's supposed to obviously be saying like, this is a thing he does, but not only that, but it shows that it's, it's not out of the ordinary for Anakin to witness this. Cause he doesn't go like, what the fuck dude, <laughs> you cut that person's arm off or whatever. He's just like, such a good line where he's like Jedi business, you know. <laughs> go go back to your drinks. So so good. <laughs> that made me this and like another minor scene later made me totally want just like the shithead Jedi buddy cop movie between the two of them. So bad. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get something like that in the Obi Wan series. I still don't know what that series is going to be about. That could be it. But that'd be cool. just hanging out on this one planet. <laughs> Uh, if they're investigating CD bars and chopping motherfuckers' hands off, I'm down for that. that. Sounds, I'll get Disney Plus for that. That sounds so sick, yeah. All right, so they... And by the way, this is such a PG arm chopping off. There ain't no blood. There's no screaming. Everybody's literally just like, oh, okay, he got his arm there, chopped off. No, there never is, because the lightsaber, it immediately... It always cauterizes the wound right away. You always get a clean cut. You're You're right. That's true. That is very true. That's that's kind of what's uh, horrifying about it a little bit, actually, is how easily it slices through people, and they're just carrying these things around. These things are going to become a reality someday, I bet you. I bet you that there's going to be like a working lightsaber that just chops off people's arms and cauterizes it right away one day. <laughs> I can't wait. To, that's going to be a great rollout of that, I'm sure. All right, so they got this armless assassin in the back, and the assassin is about to spill the beans on who hired her, but just as she's about to name a name, somebody shoots her with a poison dart. Mm. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Yeah, again, I... I would have shot the Jedi. Uh, Yeah, I guess so, huh? No, but they need... They're using them. They want... They want them to be led to where they're going. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah i guess so i guess that again though made, made me wish like it, that's not even the minor thing i was thinking of but it's like you could have with the person who shot that dart like you could have had totally had a a uh smaller movie just about this uh where they play a bigger role maybe not even like the main bad guy or whatever but like definitely like definitely flesh that out a little bit more or something like that would have been cool Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. This, this, I, you know what? I think that, like, as far as the setup here for this movie so far, I was, like, I was pretty into it because I was like, okay, like, we've got an assassination attempt. We're investigating who it is and, like, unraveling kind of this conspiracy. Like, I, I was pretty into what we were seeing so far here. And, and the movie did get away from me a little bit in the in the as it went on. But, like, I was really liking everything mm-hmm. that was on the table so far. Yeah, it has some distinct chunks, and so it just depends on how much you like the different 
movies within the movie, I think. Um, well, we, uh, we're going back to the Jedi Council, and uh, our boy Palpatine is back here, and he's, he's just so good, I feel like, <laughs> with Anakin. He's so good. So Yoda tells Anakin to take Padme back to Naboo, and Obi-Wan to track down the other assassins. So they're splitting them up, and I feel like that was that was Palpatine's intention from the beginning. And, like, their scene together, uh, Palpatine and Anakin's, isn't very long. It's, like, maybe one Yeah, minute. it's, yeah, it's like, minor. It's, it's just so... It's so good where he's just like he's he's constantly like feeding his ego, but like also planting those seeds of distrust in the Jedi. I I love every scene that they have together. I think it's so good. Yeah, it definitely is good seed planting too for the future films. Yeah, this guy he's playing like the long long, <laughs> yeah. long game. Um, Obi Wan, by the way, uh, he was very much the voice of reason last movie. He is still the voice of reason this movie because he says like you know what yoda i don't think that anakin is ready to handle a solo mission but as always the jedi fuck it up and they're like nope he's okay <laughs> yeah it, i mean i that's sort of a damned if you do damned if you don't situation you know uh, like i don't know it just like maybe he was right but um it only would further if if he didn't do it, you know, it only further how Anakin feels about him, you know, the kind of unraveling he's having with him. Right. What yeah, can you do? I, what can you do? It's um, it's it's a I, prophecy. It's destined. <laughs> I hated uh, this this next scene, oh. and they do this a few times in the movie. So Anakin starts like like he goes on this monologue to Padme and like freaking out about how Obi-Wan won't go like, like let him do his own stuff. And like, he sounds so whiny and so immature and like, yeah, he's, he's probably only like 19 years old in this or whatever, mm. but like to me, he sounded so bad. And it's like, dude, no wonder Obi-Wan doesn't think that you're ready to go off on your own. Like you, he, he just, he really showed his ass. I feel like in this, in this scene and he kind of like blamed Obi-Wan kind of out of the blue like it didn't it didn't i don't know it felt a little bit too out of the blue for me for him to say like obi-wan's holding me back maybe if like obi-wan had like kind of stepped in and like taken care of like the assassin in the bar when anakin had the situation handled or something like that you know what i mean but, I, like it it this one stuck out to why well, I, I think i i think uh i agree with kind of the or like i can understand the sentiment of what he's saying i thought it was good like conceptually i i do think though like the amount it was a bit over the top i would agree with you there where like he i think he could have said those same things not like freaking out <laughs> and it would have been like a bit more bare because i think we're supposed to build to him having a bit more of a freak out later but instead here he's just kind of like freaking out a lot so I think what I would have done, Goo, if I'm running this show and I'm and I'm plotting the movies, I don't have him freak out basically at all in this movie. I, I do have the scene later with the Tuscan Raiders, but like emotionally I don't have him like you, you gotta plant you gotta do the slow burn mm. and then it finally explodes in episode three and like 
I, I don't feel like there was enough slow burn between Obi-Wan and Anakin this movie. And, like, they don't really spend any time together. And the time that they do spend together is, like, the buddy cop stuff. And it seems, like, really fun and that they've got each other's backs and stuff like that. So there's not enough of that slow burn for me in this movie. So I would have done a lot more well, with that. I think there was... I think there was enough of them butting heads, like, in, in that chase scene, like, the whole time he's, like, kind of criticizing the way Anakin's flying around and stuff like that. And then, like, you do have him being like, you can't go on this mission, um, no, stay here. Like, later on in the movie, when Padme drops off the ship, he's like, we can't go back and get her. You know, I think there's enough of that in the movie itself. Right. And, um, yeah, I, but I do agree with you there. I, I think the Tusken Raider scene is awesome in this for yes. for what it does. Um, and, yeah, I generally agree with you. I do think, like, you want him expressing those sentiments. Like, um, you know, I, I like when he's saying... I, I think that you... Well, yeah, I, I think you want him expressing those sentiments, just not in, like, this whiny yeah. little eruption. Like, you want, like a, like, a subtle look or, like, a... A look of like something in his eyes, you know, like mm. a look can say so much more than words. I feel yeah. like, like there's a line later. I don't think it's a good line and, and delivered well at all. But like the idea of it when they're like on a little date and he's like, um, perhaps everyone should be made to agree or whatever. And she's yeah. basically like, oh, what? Like, are you some kind of fascist or something? Like, I like that. Even the, like it wasn't handled well. It just came out kind of clunky. But I like the idea of it of like. They're on a date, and he's like, so I've been thinking <laughs> about... How do you feel about authority? Yeah, like? <laughs> I like that. I, um, I, And I, I don't know. I think there's a way to kind of get that darker side across without be, it being, yeah, yeah, like that. I don't have a problem with him it, being, this like, was annoying. Too I think he can be annoying. Uh, he should be annoying. Yeah. He's kind of, like... All these little Jedi's are kind of annoying, you know. I I don't know. I I guess so. I I didn't like this at all. I think that less is more for his I, I, yeah. for me. I agree. Yeah. Um, if, if I could do a wrestling analogy, it what it should have been <laughs> like is like Anakin. They're, so they're a tag team, right? Anakin and Obi Wan, and Anakin is super confident in his own abilities, and he won't tag Obi Wan, and then ends up losing the match because of his overconfidence or like something like that, mm. or maybe. Maybe it's the reverse, and he doesn't take Obi Wan. Uh, whatever. You at the same uh, time, slow burn would have been better. I think you also at the same time, though, like kind of what you're saying earlier. Like you want the, you don't want to be, you want to understand too why Obi Wan's doing what he's doing. You know, you don't want it mm-hmm. to just be like, yeah, they, <laughs> like Anakin was being held down. You know what I mean? Like you want to b- believe both sides almost in this kind of story. So I I, right. I guess that was maybe them trying to do that. It's like, well, he is he is emotional and he does freak out. You know, I don't know. You know, what? yeah, I I can definitely I can definitely see that. Um, I th- I think that the so this this particular exchange, by the way, is going on between Anakin and Padme, and like this is a particularly bad scene. I feel like the dialogue is really awkward and stilted, and like it it the acting isn't very good. You're right. They have no chemistry. Uh, this is the first scene where I was just like, "Eef, these two together are like maybe not fantastic." One of Padme's lines is literally verbatim, like, "Please don't look at me like that. It makes me uncomfortable." <laughs> like, yeah, uh, he. I, I mean, know. he's real. 
that was kind of like like I weirdly enjoyed that aspect of it that he's like he is the one now who's like I am he's like so insane about her you know what I mean and she's like Mm -hmm. not interested really until eventually she kind of is like all right (laughs) and it's kind of it's kind of fucked up yeah it's kind of fucked up you know what actually really stuck out to me in this movie Hayden Christensen looks a lot younger than I remember in this movie maybe I just kind of picture him in like episode three where he has like long hair or whatever but he he looks really young in this movie did did you notice that too well I also think the way I remember it too is like watching it as a kid and being like that's an adult you know and now now I'm in my 30s and I look at him and I go that's a kid so I think that perspective changes it too. Oh God, we're so old. we're just old now. God yeah, damn. Um, rip to our youth. So let's uh, let's flip over to Obi Wan's uh, subplot here. I like this subplot a lot, actually. So Obi Wan learns of a planet called Camino, which should exist, but it, it does not. It's deleted from the <laughs> records of the uh, the, oh, the Jedi yes, halls. Oh yes, I love this. Um, a five-year-old kid deduces what Obi-Wan could not, that someone deleted Kamino from the archives. Yes. So, uh, here we go. I like that. Got ourselves a mystery. I like that because I was like, this is so, it's so obvious, like, that something has been tampered here. But again, it goes back with, like, it's unthinkable to them that, like, a Jedi would modify the records and lie, you know? It's like, it goes along with, like, Mm -hmm. how easily they can kind of be duped by it. Yeah, it's like, it's so, so obvious, and it's like, hello? Um, and, and, like, I feel like it's it's also extremely obvious that it was Dooku that did this, yeah, right? Yeah, right. And, uh, like, fuck, hello? It, and it's just, it was funny to me that, like, this kid is just, like, in seconds is like, well, someone deleted it, obviously, duh. And Obi-Wan is just, like, flabbergasted. Yeah, you're right. It's, it took the innocence weird. of a child who hasn't been fully indoctrinated into the Jedi, you know, way of life yet to figure it out. You think that that would uh, be a teaching moment for Yoda right there with all those younglings? I, it kind of is, because later in the movie he's like, yeah, I guess we're a little bit too arrogant. But then they still make, I don't know, I guess they're just too far down their path, you know? Hmm. Um, well... Obi-Wan does find the actual planet called Kamino. This is where the assassin mm. is supposed to be. He got a he got a tip from someone he, in a bar, but it the, was a it was a diner. Part. And that's the minor a diner. the minor scene that I like too, that I wanted this sort of like crime drama film. Because I loved him just going to this diner and talking to a cook or whatever, like the owner of the diner, and they're just having this kind of scene that you would see in like a detective kind of movie. And I was like, this is Mm-hmm. And but everyone is an alien. This guy is some crazy alien. And I was like, I loved it. I thought it was so so cool. Uh, I have to say, I I really enjoyed Obi Wan's like kind of side quest here, where he's going to investigate the <laughs> like the planet or whatever, got, like just to to find this <laughs> army. It was really cool. He got to witness the entire construction of the war machine for both sides of the war, basically. <laughs> Throughout this movie, he just goes to both sides and sees what's about to happen. And he's like, whoa, 
<laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, yeah, I, you know what? I um, I think that this this like ocean planet of Camino is like super cool. Actually, it's like this stormy, dark, oceany mm. planet. It's got like these like really far out aliens. Yeah, that are like these weird erotic kind of <laughs> you go in white from things. the storm and it's immediately like you're just like in a glowing white you know void basically man it it was uh this was the cgi i feel like done right in this movie i because i was i was all in at this point like i was like this is this is fucking sweet yeah these aliens are so weird man this is cool it was and cool. like actually the whole the whole story is pretty cool too so like um, there was a Jedi master. I can't remember his name, but he died 10 years ago and he ordered them to, or he, or he basically had construction started on this planet of an army of clones, which of course we know go on to be stormtroopers. So very, very cool. And it's kind of like a conspiracy. Cause I think, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, that they infer that like this Jedi is dead already. But someone uses his name to start yes, this process, yeah. and I think that Dooku does that, I, right? I believe so, or it's, like, through Sidious, maybe. But the idea is that, like, yeah, Sidious is basically setting up this army for the Jedi to use, and they don't even question it. They're like, oh, you made an army of clones? Like, that's not fucked up at all. <laughs> and they go along with it, and I think the idea is, is he's, you know, trying to bolster him. Here's your army. That he will eventually just co-opt, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, I think that's so cool. And I love that, like, Obi-Wan a little bit is, like, playing along here to, like, kind of figure it out. But then, like, later, you know, Yoda goes to get him. And it's just, like, there's never, they never even question, like, the ethics of it or anything, you know? They're just like, yeah, clone army, cool. Like, that's something well, the Empire uses, you know? That's, because that's, that's fucked up. It's such a good ploy by Palpatine to, like, create a situation where, like, they literally have to use this clone army or else, like, yeah. they're going to be wiped out. So, yeah, it's a good setup. And, of course, we know that, like, within all of these clones, there's that old Order 66 business. So that's that's pretty cool, too. Tell me what you think of this setup, because I remember when this movie came out, tons of people were were super upset about this. So all of the clones are cloned off of a bounty hunter named Django Fett. And he also, in exchange for this, he had basically like a son created named Boba Fett. And I remember when this came out, people were like so upset because Boba Fett was like this really, I guess like cool and mysterious character (laughs) for a lot of people. And like, they were like, this is bullshit. He's just a stupid clone. And I didn't really care one way or the other, but, Mm. You know, you you like the older movies a little bit more than me. What did you think of this? Yeah, well, that I think I hinted at it earlier, but I thought I thought this was like a little stupid. Uh, um, it goes back to what I was saying in the um, where it's just like things have to connect to the old like characters you already know, like just for the sake of it. I feel like this is a case of that. Like, I don't know. To me, and maybe it'll play out play out different in the third movie but i don't really see maybe boba fett is such a minor character in the original series and like i just don't see how this plays out in a very interesting way like what the purpose of 
it being Boba Fett other than to be like, oh, you think Boba Fett is cool? Well, we've made an army of Boba Fetts, obviously. <laughs> you know, and, and it I don't think it does play out in the third movie. I thought, like, I think this is it for yeah like the the start and stop of this story and that also kind of contradicts like what we know happens in like the the sequel trilogy because like you've got finn who's a stormtrooper and that other lady who's a stormtrooper and like if they're all clones then like they're not no i was kind of confused they do have a line in uh uh, force awakens where they're like maybe you should go back to using clones like i don't know then oh okay they go to child soldiers um and yeah get it right come on (laughs) um i did child soldier that's that's a jedi thing to do exactly yeah i like i was i liked i actually was like i don't know boba fett does he need the jango fett dad but i liked jango fett's kind of inclusion with the conspiracy plot and everything and him being like this assassin but i Mm -hmm. i I just don't know if it was necessary that it was like he's the one they clone or like why is Boba Fett even here? Um, right. But I mean, it doesn't. I just think it's a little silly. I don't really, and I don't see the purpose. But it doesn't like ruin it for me. Uh, the only part that I truly am like negative about is that because this becomes a thing, like later on, uh, Jango Fett as a character, it just becomes like to me background noise like later like mace windu fucks him up and it's just like um okay i i guess i don't really care about that character anymore you know you yeah you took the words out of my mouth i i I think that like jango fett as a concept like this assassin is cool and like that they base this clone army off of someone is cool but like i i thought that it was kind of silly to like have that tie-in to boba fett like I, I don't think it. Like, I don't, first, I don't think anybody cared, and like second, I don't think Boba Fett needed to have this big elaborate backstory. But why he became a bounty hunter, and I, I don't know. It, it was, it was kind of goofy to me. Like, but as a concept of like one, this one assassin being cloned because he's like a super good soldier or whatever. I was like, okay, well that's that's kind of neat. But like the fact that he was like the dad of Boba Fett, I was yeah, just, I yeah, know. I agree with that. Yeah, totally. Just like the, you've never seen a series as concerned with like who your parents are than fucking. You're Star right. Wars. Yeah, they were like starting to talk about one of those ex stormtroopers in Rise of Skywalker. Like at the end of the movie, like Lando gives her a look, and people are like, "Oh my god, she's Lando's daughter." It's like who fucking cares? Oh yeah, I forgot about yeah yeah that was fucking. And lame. then it's like they announced. I think they like announced later, like not even in the movie. That's a new thing now. That's annoying too. Is like making post-movie announcements about, like, canon. <laughs> like, fuck off. <laughs> I did like the actor. Right, so the actor you... played Django Fett, I, I thought was great. Oh, yeah, yeah, he, he was fine. I, th- I thought that that was, uh, that was pretty I good. guess he's gotta be, because he becomes such a... Yeah, I think he's, like, plays all the clones, right? <laughs> the same guy, yeah, I yeah, assume. I mean, there's, there's, like... Uh, 10,000 of him uh, just sitting around eating lunch when Obi-Wan gets there. <laughs> that was great, yeah. All right. Let's 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 talk about it. We're finally here. Uh, we're going to flip over to Anakin and Padme, and we have got the infamous I hate sand scene. And I actually, I basically wrote down what you said earlier. 
in context, it's not horrible at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Um, it's just that, like, I just, I don't think they have a bunch of chemistry. Like, the, the two They actors. don't, but I kind of, I ended up kind of, like, I feel like it overcame it a little bit. Like, it crossed the, like, got up the hill. And, like, I, li- like I said, it was kind of fucked up, kind of how, like, intense Anakin is. But I, I by the end, I was kind of, like, won over by their, by, I don't know. I, I liked, I, maybe it was just some of the settings that they were hanging out in were, like, really beautiful. And you had the... The John Williams score. I they had their love theme that I didn't know about before this. I f- totally forgot about their love theme, but I think just the setting and the music and everything. I was like, it did a lot of the heavy lifting, you know. And like Padme had these mm-hmm. like various elaborate, beautiful outfits and stuff like that. And I was like, okay. Oh my, my God, Amidala just looks like stunning <laughs> in in this scene she she really does she looks beautiful mm. in this scene um yeah you know what i uh i think that there are some really cringy scenes between the two of them but this wasn't one of them it like in context the sand thing isn't that bad actually yeah and like it makes sense so it's go. a little on the nose but it to me it makes sense i yeah i don't have a big beef with it but i can see why I think this probably has a lot to do with like why people despise this movie the most is because this whole middle chunk of the movie you have Obi Wan on his quest, but then like it's a lot of Anakin and Padme like going on different dates or whatever. Um, yeah. I guess it's not that long because they go on they do go on a cool adventure, but uh, I can see how this could be a wall for some people. Um, but I liked it. Yeah, I, I don't know that I would say that I, like, enjoyed their time together. <laughs> just because, like, well, just because, again, like, I, I feel like they just have no chemistry, right? And, mm-hmm. like, if you don't have chemistry, it's hard. But, like, um, I don't know. I mean, like, you, you had to you had to give them some time together because it makes, it, it at least helps the ending part, which is still awkward, by the way. Like, they didn't have enough time together, I don't think. So you had to give them some time mm-hmm. together, but... Yeah, I don't know. I I didn't hate this, and uh, hey, Anakin finally plants one on Padme, so roll tide. <laughs> yep, uh, good for him. Good for him. Imagine being told that like you can't love anyone or you can't get married. Like that's that's pretty fucked up. Yeah, I can see why that would uh fuck someone up, especially after you were ripped from your mother as a slave child. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, one thing, uh, that I noticed here, uh, or wanted to note is that that elephant thing that Anakin was riding looked fucking sick. That thing looked so cool. It was like this big blobby <laughs> elephant thing. He has a lot of cool mounts in this. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, they should put that in the pod racing game. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, so th- this guy, Anakin Skywalker, he is so in love with Padme and uh, she's shooting him down and he is like he's saying that like they should get married but keep it a secret and she says that she couldn't live like that and asks Anakin if he could and like I think that he totally could but he says no but uh, it, it kind of shows like I don't know if that's considered like dark side or not to just like he like he's just willing to break the rules like he doesn't he doesn't care he's willing to live with that secret or whatever. I think that this might've been their best bit of acting 
mm. in the movie as like a couple together. What, what say from, you? From a romantic perspective? <laughs> and not even from like, maybe from a romantic perspective, but just like, like two actors that are reading lines that they actually <laughs> believe in, that they're, that they're uh, behind. Yeah. They're not in front of like a CG green screen. That's I, what I, I was this, saying. I was, I thought that this was I good. was eventually like won over by this where I believed like, I did believe like, okay, she cares about him. He cares about her. He's a little too intense. <laughs> um, this was one of their best scenes. I liked later too when she was like, I'm going to go save Obi-Wan. I, I liked that moment between them. Even though it was very small. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was okay. Okay. Well, you know what? Frankly, we'll, we'll take just okay for this movie. <laughs> no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I, 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 was not, I was not ready to turn the movie off or anything. Um, well, I, uh, I, I really liked this next part. I liked Obi-Wan's whole side quest on Kamino. So yeah. had, Obi-Wan kind of had like that intense exchange with, uh, with Jango Fett and uh, here we go. Now now the fight is on. Django's revealed that someone named Tyrannus hired him. <laughs> so, you know, we know that whatever that dead Jedi's name was actually just a front for, for Count Dooku. And Obi's going to try and bring Django back by force. And they have a pretty badass fight in the rain. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the... Um, um, there's a part it's so weird it's just like a weird scene transition where he talks and they go they go to a different scene um i think maybe with anakin and then they come back right um yeah and he just walks outside and boba fett and jango fett are there and boba fett's like look and then they just start fucking throwing down it's like i don't think they talked like i guess they just both knew but it was just like there was no like you're coming with me it was just like nope we're fighting now (laughs) But it was a cool scene. I li- I really liked it. Uh, yeah. Obi Wan didn't have time for that shit. He knew he wasn't coming <laughs> he, with him. Voluntarily. Yeah, no. They just start fucking duking it out. He's like, "I'm coming for your arm, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Better watch I out." I want that arm. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine just like Obi Wan's basement? He just has this trophy, this collective of like arms well, pa- hanging on his wall. Apparently, arm wasn't good enough for Django. You know. No. Although that was. Maybe Mace Windu has a basement full That's of That's what I'm saying. Jedi's just, Jedi's just love to, like, cut people's limbs off. You could just stab them, you know? Like, Darth Maul, he just stabbed Qui-Gon Jinn, like, a re- like a respectful death. Obi-Wan cut Darth Maul in half. You, you know, too, Obi-Wan was pissed that he didn't reach down and get his legs. He wanted, he wanted the legs. legs. <laughs> fucking psychopath uh, shout, out, shout out to our boy professor layton by the way who's eating people's skin right now <laughs> oh, somewhere <God. laughs> uh yeah this, this is a this is a sick fight what the fuck are we talking about on this show <laughs> um this is a sick fight mm. uh, Django gets away but obi-wan throws a tracker on him yeah and uh yeah there we go <laughs> Uh, you know what, in this, in this period, like, I kind of, I get why they're doing this, because you want to stay kind of, you want to have everyone with equal screen time, like, the story's progressing at the same, like, time, but, like, man, they were jumping back and forth and back and forth between Anakin and Obi-Wan in here, it was, like, very jarring to me. Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of the pacing of these movies, I guess, a little bit, though, I think I think all of them even like the newer ones have this too. When everyone's kind of 
offering their own thing. It's maybe it's just because, like you were saying, like Anakin and Padme aren't having like an exciting scene necessarily. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. It's because like I was really into what was going on on Camino, and then like we're we're in the fields, which actually is is fine by me because Natalie Portman is looking at roll tide. I, I definitely noticed I, the. I, I want to see what's going on. <laughs> I really noticed, yeah, like the pacing was really fast, but that's why I felt like this. I mean. This could have been two movies, I think, too, but, uh, you know, whatever. Well, um, so Anakin is having those gnarly nightmares, and he tells Padme that he's going back to Tatooine to rescue his mom, who he thinks is in danger, and Amidala says that she's going too, and I was kind of, like, happily surprised that he didn't try and talk her out of it. He was just like, okay, like, good. Because normally I feel like he would have tried to... I don't know, maybe say, like, no, it's too dangerous or something. I was I was glad that it was just like, okay, I'm coming too. Yeah, that? well, yeah, I mean, probably needs all the help he can get. <laughs> True. He's uh, also supposed dude, to be watching her, I guess, too, technically. So he's like, well, I can still do my job if you come with me. <laughs> uh, so they get to Tatooine and they meet Watto. Yeah, our boy is back. He is back and he has got... A beard, or like the underside of a beard. Did you see that thing? Yeah, I th- I think he had it a little bit in Phantom Menace too. I think it was just grown out a little bit more. I think he had stubble in Phantom Menace. Mm, yeah, it, no, he's he's full on shade. Yeah. right here. Yeah, he's he's let himself go <laughs> a little bit. He's got all the goddamn flies flying around him. He must smell like shit. <laughs> I think. Uh, oh, yeah, Watto. I think he's hit rock bottom here. He lost everything after that pod race. Yeah, like, he got fucked over. He lost his slave. <laughs> he had to sell his other slave. Which is, again, like, yeah. well, if he was he was gonna get rid of her, like, they could have just come back and bought her. Oh, How, man. Thinking, are, are Jedi a, strapped for cash or something? I don't know. What a fuck up. Like, like honestly, though, what, what mm-hmm. a fuck up. Ah, so yeah, he he sold Anakin's mom. Doesn't know where she is. Actually, no, that's not true. He doesn't know where she is. But uh, uh, and he tells him, and they go to what's the guy's name? Someone Lars Owen Owen Lars. No, that's the kid. And I think he shows up in the new or in the old trilogy, right? Right. That's that's uh, Luke's um, un- uncle that he lives with in the beginning. Right. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, he he finds the uh, uh he finds Clegg the home Lars, I believe. <laughs> Clegg. Yeah. Shout out to Clegg. Uh so yeah, he, he finds his home and he's off to go and find his mom. Uh we're flipping back over to Obi-Wan here and Obi-Wan is chasing Django through an asteroid belt. I kind of liked this scene actually. I kind of dug it. It was like kind of cool and like it was it was silent which i liked like, oh especially the bombs because like that was when so they went cool off, they didn't make a sound well yeah. they there was like a after effect of them like it was like delayed yeah there was like the delay yeah which i don't i that's i don't think there would be any sound in space but uh i thought it was a cool it was so cool it yeah that was awesome yeah this is this is a pretty sick scene i thought um and Django, yeah. he gets away but Obi-Wan tracks him down, and we finally, finally, finally meet Count Dooku. And it feels like this movie's been going on <laughs> it's forever. It's like an hour and Count a half Dooku. into the movie, and we meet, we meet like, I don't know, 
maybe not the main villain, but who's presented as kind of the main villain. Yeah, very weird. Like, very weird. Very weird pacing. Also, roll tied to Newt Gunray being back. Newt. Uh, our boy, Newt. Yeah, he's... Uh, there's, there's a whole eclectic cast of weird-looking <laughs> aliens, actually, here. It's a little separatists. Yeah, they're all a bunch of freaks. So, I I feel like Count Dooku is probably the worst. Actually, no, I'm going to take that back. He is the second worst character of the entire prequel trilogy. Okay. And I don't say that like I don't say that lightly. Actually, you know what? I'm going to take that back. He's the third worst character of the entire prequel trilogy. Okay. Um I just I feel like to me, he's just like super unnecessary. Like he he did not need to exist. And I'm going to I'm going to present to you with what I would have done here. I think last year I said that like it was a mistake to kill off Darth Maul because he was so compelling and such a force. And I stand by that. I wish that Dooku did not exist and that instead you just had Maul still here. He is still living large after, after beating, uh, after beating Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan couldn't quite finish him off and Maul kind of holds that over him. And in order to be complete, Obi-Wan eventually has to get one over on Maul. And like, I feel like if you had that kind of driving the story where like you have this villain and like you have a reason for Obi-Wan to to personally hate him, then like I feel like that would have just worked so much better for me. And you and you still could have got around and done all like the Jedi like traitor stuff in a different way. But I, I don't know. Like Yeah, I didn't really what, what is it? Hmm. do you think that I'm like just on this too much about this Darth Maul thing. I've I have kind of changed after now watching this on Darth Maul that I do kind of I do kind of like how little there is. Like it makes me want him more, but I like I like I kind of like how limited he is to that one movie. Like it makes him more special to me. If that makes sense. Mm. Um and I do like I do like the Jedi like the I like I like Count Dooku as like how how we were talking about earlier with how like they couldn't fathom a Jedi even going bad like that, you know, and mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think that that is an important element, though. I don't. Yeah, I don't think at least in this movie they pay off much with him. So- it's kind of hard. Like the only the only connection he really has is like with Yoda and then like they fight and it's like this has nothing to do with oh, what we're anything we care about you know let me let me present to you with another scenario here about how i think <laughs> oh, God. count dooku could have been better so at first and foremost i i just i don't think that count dooku needed to exist but if he absolutely had to be a character in this prequel trilogy i think what they should have done is this I think that he should have been introduced in episode one and he should have sat on the council with Mace Windu, with Yoda. He should still be a respected Jedi. And in episode two, after Darth Maul is is dead, um, you hear about this new threat called Darth Tyrannus because they they say Tyrannus, but they, they don't really explain very well that Darth Tyrannus and Count Dooku are one and the same. They, they kind of just assume that you know that. So, like, if you're building up this mystery of, like, 
we think that there is a Jedi traitor among us and he goes by the name of Darth Tyrannus, but like, who is it? And you finally pay off that mystery at like the end point of this movie in like mm. the final battle. And you're like, oh God, it's Count Dooku. He's the traitor. That would have been so much better, right? Yeah, maybe. Uh, there, There isn't really a payoff with this one or like a kind of, like I think Darth Maul works in the first movie even though he has such a minor role just in that he he ends Qui-Gon and then like you know Obi-Wan kind of ends him there's like finality there whereas like this it's like Dooku fights Yoda and then it's like they both peace out and it's like okay you mm-hmm. know like I think maybe if they like took him down or something in this they're just yeah, with that, there just doesn't feel like a kind of finality. But I guess, you know, there's another movie. And and I like what they do with Count Dooku in Revenge of the Sith. But, like, yeah, it really kind of messes up the ending of this movie where, like, it just feels like nothing, like, inconsequential. But, like, at least in my mind, if you had that mystery of, like, like who is Darth Tyrannus, that, that could have been cool and maybe given... Count Dooku like a little bit of an edge or like a little bit of character because mm-hmm. like I just I feel like he's just like so like generic like he, he's he's just so generic he's just an old dude who like you're told he's the villain he doesn't show up until like an hour into this movie <laughs> yeah and then like it's it's fucked up because like when you when you see him he's like so he's talking to to Obi-Wan um later in the movie and like they're doing this interrogation and it's like he's pretending he's not a bad guy but like we all know that he is and obi-wan knows that he is like i don't, I don't understand why well, they he, have that whole facade he's going on. Pre- no because what he's i actually like that element he's trying to say that um he was trying to tell them like that the jedi uh council he he was talking about um uh what's his name Sidious. He was he was talking about him. Mm-hmm. He was trying to say we need to separate from them because the Jedi Council has been taken over from them. I don't know. I thought that was like an interesting element that he was trying to play the other side of it. Oh, uh, I don't know. I I just I just I'm not a big fan of Count. I think there's like stuff that I is like I where I find him underwhelming, but I don't really see the strong dislike like that doesn't I don't have any sort of strong dislike from him it's like it's funny that he shows up like halfway through the movie um you know he he has a fight with Yoda that's like what does this even mean but like other than that it's and that doesn't really make me that mad it's just like oh okay but like other than that it's like Christopher Lee like just being cool and I'm like, okay, yeah, he's cool. Yeah, I don't know. Like, give, give me a reason to dislike Count Dooku, you know, if he's going to be our villain. Or, like, maybe give me a reason to sympathize with him or, like, something. It's like, okay, this dude was a Jedi and he went to the dark side. Like, why did he go to the dark side? Does he actually think that, like, the Jedi are corrupt? Did he figure something out? Did, like, I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm not, I'm not a fan. I think, not I fan. think they should have played more on, because I... I get why Yoda would ha- be pissed with him or whatever, because he betrayed his council or whatever. But I think they should have played more into the Qui-Gon thing about how he raised Qui-Gon or like trained him. 
you know what I mean? Like, I think that yeah. connection was yeah. interesting, but. Yeah, it's just like a throwaway line that it's just like, oh, yeah, he was my apprentice or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I and maybe if they would have even mentioned him in episode one, it would have seemed like less random to me. I oh. don't know. I just... And um, the uh, the thing I was trying to describe was not the Jedi Council, but uh, he he tries to tell them that a large portion of the Senate uh, is being swayed by Darth Sidious. And he's that's true, actually. That's what I that's what I liked about it was there was truth in what he was saying, but it was like he was lying about the true thing, obviously, you know, Um, and he's just playing the other side of this coin. But um, yeah, so I don't know. I liked that, that it like that to me tied into Palpatine's greater plan. And I thought, oh, that's like a cool aspect of his plan is that he's he's almost for he's like forming the he's constructing the grounds on which the war is is being fought he's like assembling both sides you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i thought that was cool yeah yeah i don't know <laughs> he just as a character he, there's a lot to be desired for me but i'll quit bitching about <laughs> count dooku i think that uh i think that darth maul could have done the same thing i think that there maybe even if he was just like a weaselly former jedi and like like Maul was as heavy. I don't know. I'll I'll quit bitching about Dooku, but I I don't like him. Um, but anyways, let's get back over to Tatooine. Uh, Anakin finds out that his mom has been taken by Tusken Raiders and she's been missing for a month and is almost for sure dead. Anakin goes off and finds she's her. Totally dead. And she's still alive. <laughs> but man, she's, she's fucked she's not up. A, she's not in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, she's fucked up. And she might as well have been dead because she dies like immediately. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, that's sad. And here we go. Here we go. This is uh this is maybe the best scene in the movie. Uh, this this and the bar scene. It's I actually think. it's it, which it's, is which is fucked it, up because it's such a short scene. It's more of a moment. I actually kinda like that. Yeah. Uh yeah, he just like steps yeah. out and he just like kill you see him like stab one of them, right? That's about it. The way that he just like like he rams that that Tuscan Raider with his with his lightsaber at like so full for, force, for like, yeah. Oh yeah, he's just like, like he's beating the shit out of him. Like it, it, man, it's it's a great moment. And like, um, I remember when I watched this in theaters. Actually, when it came out, this was the my takeaway. I remember this scene the most, where it's just like, oh fuck, like this is this is a dude embracing the dark side. This is mm-hmm. uh, pretty badass. <laughs> it's, it's badass. It's all, it's pretty fucked up. It's highlighted by, we get one of the, another, there's all these classic star Wars fade cross fade transitions or whatever in the movie. But this one has the best one in that, uh, it starts to zo- like form a circle around his face, <laughs> like the next scene. <laughs> and, and it's so funny, but it's like so intense. And uh, yeah, it's it's fucked up. Uh, so this is a sick scene followed by a fucking brutal scene. This might be the worst scene between Padme and Anakin, I think. Um, oh, he, hmm. he again. Did you like this? this? Was this when he was talking about killing them? I yeah. liked it. So, yeah. So like he he just like he shows his ass again. He's freaking out and like. Grant, okay, your mom just died. I I totally am getting that. 
Um, but then he starts blaming Obi-Wan again. And I'm like, what the, like, what does Obi-Wan have to do with this? Like, I know that you, I I know that you got to build up that tension, but like it, to me, they seem like completely removed from each other. Like maybe if, maybe if Obi-Wan had specifically said to him when he, if he, if Anakin had been like, I'm worried about my mom, I need to go and check on her. I need to go and check on her. And Obi-Wan had kept on saying like, no, no, no. That would be one thing, but like I, well, I don't think we got that, th- did we? No, I think that's the whole point, right? Is the Jedi the Jedi wouldn't take her? How easy would it have been back for them to go back at any point over ten years to get her? And all they ever told him, probably specifically as master, was you can't have feelings, you can't show your compassion, you know, like you can't think about these things. They just shut him out from ever caring about that. I think that's. That's why I like this scene was that it was like, like a him emotionally kind of unraveling from all that after, it, like releasing that after his mom's death, you know, and he kills not just you know the men but the women and children. I I I love that. I, like I like the idea of the scene, but I again I feel like um. I feel like the old saying, like, show, don't tell. But I feel like this movie didn't show or tell. It just kind of left us to imply on our own that Obi-Wan had probably told him no. Or, like, oh, I, an yeah. actual no would have been better to me, you know? Um, I, I don't know. I feel like we, I, I, we saw in the last movie, like, how little they care. Like, they weren't going to bring her with, and... We see how easily Watto <laughs> sold her off, you know, like, and we see how much power they have to go there, how easily they went there. Like, I don't know. To me, it makes per- it makes it lines up really well. Like, why bring up the nightmares about his mother earlier to, with Obi-Wan if he's not going to, like, play that off later? Doesn't you know Obi-Wan I, tell I don't him, like, d- don't put that out of your mind. Like, don't you can't think about that you can't let your emotions control you he, um, he comes to him with, i don't know i i would yeah it, let, let me just put it this way in a movie that has so much on the nose in it i feel like this is something that should have been more prominent or on the nose i feel like maybe not i don't know but i i don't know i wasn't yeah i, wasn't I thought this was all extremely do, on the nose i don't know i i have an observation and I, I want your opinion on this. So I thought that Hayden Christensen's acting in this scene was actually pretty good. And it made me think, like, about why it is that, like, the dialogue seems so wooden all the time. And you kind of touched on this earlier, Goo, but, like, I think the problem is that all these characters in this prequel trilogy are, like, very, very stoic characters. Mm-hmm. You've got, like, the Jedi who are very stoic. You've got Amidala, who's, like, you know, she has that weird alien accent thing. Um and so, like, you don't have a lot of people in this trilogy that, like, talk like normal people outside from, like, Palpatine, who often sounds really good, right? Because he's talking like a regular person mm-hmm. would. Um, and then on the flip side, you've got all, like, the over-exaggerated characters, like like Jar Jar fucking Binks and stuff <laughs> like that. So, it, I, I don't know. that It struck me as, like, yeah, the acting isn't, like, amazing all the times, but, like, I really think it's, like, the direction of the like how they want the characters to sound that really makes it sound like wooden and shitty at times. Yeah. I don't know. I, I overall like, I like that stuff. So I, I, I didn't really, I thought they did a good job of portraying that aspect of it. 
Um, I did like, I liked him here. Like, again, like the sort of all the things that would, he would be feeling after, you know, slaughtering a whole village of people, you know? Hmm. Well, uh, he's, he's not done yet. Obi-Wan has sent Anakin a virtual message outlining the plot of the Separatists and the planet that they have uh, made their hideout on. Uh, Genosia, I think is what it's called. Um, and the Jedi Council, uh, Anakin passes this message along to the Jedi Council, but o- Obi-Wan is getting attacked at the end of this message. So <laughs> Padme yes. is like, fuck that, we're going to rescue him. So it's on. We're finally getting the band back together here. Yeah, meeting up. Um, and this is also where that interrogation scene takes place that we were talking about earlier. Um, you know, feelings for Dooku aside, uh, this is a good scene, I think. It's it's well acted, mm-hmm. very, like, I, I do like that he's telling the truth, but, like, using the truth to twist the reality, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I think he did okay. So, yeah. Uh, very quickly, back on Coruscant, We've got fill-in Senator Jar Jar fucking Binks, and he proposes that the Republic give immediate supreme powers to Palpatine, <laughs> Yeah, and uh, he's, he's proposing that so that Palpatine can authorize the use of this newfound clone army. Very, very, very on the nose about, like, like literally almost a direct correlation to how, like, Hitler took power here. Well, yeah, and I, I guess that you know, mirrors the original film. It's basically inspired by that. So, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty well done. Uh, yeah, I, I like this. I, I think I would be totally down for just like a straight up star Wars political thriller. Like I, I, I thought that the machinations here were so mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. There's a lot of time periods you could do that with in, in the star Wars universe, I assume. Um, all right, well, let's get uh, let's get going here. Padme and Anakin are landing on Genosia, and uh, they're on this like conveyor belt uh, gimmick here, and they're like dodging. <laughs> this is the video game level. This is like literally a video game level. Like it couldn't be more video game than this. And this is like a giant CGI fuck fest. There's way too much going on. I I feel like you had fun watching this. I did, but it was so, yeah, like, this scene didn't need to be in here at all. <laughs> yeah, it's... It was uh, a little stupid. <laughs> it was, it was like, it was kind of fun, but I was watching it, and I was just, it was fun in, like, a this is fucking horrible kind of a way, where, like, everything just looks so like fake. Like, R2-D2's flying around doing some shit. <laughs> he saves Padme at one point from getting lavaed. I'm like, okay, yeah, hell yeah, dude. 3PO's head gets put on a droid and the droid's head gets put on 3PO's body. How annoying was that? That was so here, stupid. I, I kind of liked it. Like, I was like, this is so stupid, but I got a kick out of it. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't think I ever realized how annoying I thought 3PO <laughs> was until this scene where he's just like, he won't shut like, up and it's like, oh my god. You wouldn't like you wouldn't see a scene like this in the original trilogy though of like like he's you know they're always along for the ride and stuff and they're always like he's like oh my goodness you know but he's not like like mixed up in the action like this you know 
He's he's in the thick of he's it. He's like getting thrown in around on like yeah. machines and he's like holding on and all this. I'm like, C3PO is not built for this. Well, um and you know what? We talked about it earlier, but it's funny how like Lord of the Rings is kind of coming out at the same time and like almost all of that movie used practical effects like mm. everywhere that they possibly could. And it, it's funny how it just looks like so much better like just and it's held up so much better well they they were trying a different thing <laughs> like that wasn't their intention yeah like i think if george lucas could have this he could have just made this a, a cg movie you know like the only thing in it is, is the people you know like this could have just been an animated movie well i don't know um, all right. Like not even the let's talk. Not about... even the clones are like real. Like in the original Star Wars, the, like the stormtroopers yeah. are guys in suits, and this they're also CG. And so I just I gotta I gotta respect that that he was just like fuck it. Everything is computer generated. Good for him. Yeah, I I mean it certainly works against him in like the. The acting department, because I like I I can understand why a lot of these actors had a hard time, like you know, like like acting when it's in front of a green screen. I can only imagine that that's not <laughs> sure, easy. yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, this I I kind of like like the bonkers CGI, but this this conveyor scene to me was it was too much. There was like there's too much too many gimmicks going on. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and then they get captured. They don't even they don't even rescue anybody. They just they suck. And well, they get captured. yeah, but uh, it looked it looked so, like a pretty hard level. It yeah it did. Um, very very difficult. Probably lost a few lives in there. <laughs> um, this this scene, this next scene, I I thought was like the drizzling shits. I I I didn't like it at all. Okay. So Padme gives you know where I'm going. Padme gives this speech about loving Anakin truly and deeply. <laughs> and I want everybody to pause and think about that. So they met when Anakin was 10 years old and she was like 17. This is 10 years ago. Okay. They met when he was 10 years old. They haven't seen each other in a decade in a decade. She barely knows him. They've spent, like, a couple days together. She obviously didn't think about him in that way, since she said that you'll always be that little boy to me. Yeah, no, she didn't. Why? Why does she love him? Like, actually. You weren't won over by their time together? They spent, like, like a, like a day together. They went on a they, date. They, they went, went on, on, like, five date. dates in one day. <laughs> Fuck. It's just, like, no, it it just when you think about it, like why does Padme love Anakin? I can see why Anakin loves Padme, but even that's not like real love. It's just like she's like a symbol mm -hmm. for him yeah. of like something, anything. But like, why does Padme love Anakin? I I don't know. I thought their I thought their time together through this movie got got it across well in in those scenes in the middle of the movie. I don't know, so, man. I I don't buy that. They had uh, definitely not smoldering chemistry. I'll tell you that. But like, it, it, it's it's still it, like it just kind of rings creepy to me from last movie too. Where like, you know, the last time you see, but you just said she old, didn't care you know, about that. You know, 
Like, she didn't care about him like that earlier, you know? Yeah. Like, it, I, like but then but then that's creepy, too. It, like, or maybe not creepy, but it just, it's not believable to me. Yeah, I, I don't know. I thought, I thought, I liked their conversations and their, like, little dates throughout this movie. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think I, I think that that's not out of the realm of possibility that, uh, she could have seen something in him or something, you know? I don't know. I, this, this to me, like, was very much, it, it kind of like I was saying earlier, like, they almost needed more time together, but, like, they already have, like, a ton of time together in this movie, so, like, you, you couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, it, she, it, it's just, like, fucked up, because, like, she almost exists as, like, a character strictly to, like, facilitate his turn to the dark side. Like, like, I just, I don't believe in their relationship at all. Like, I can, I can see it from his point of view, but I just, like, I can't see it from hers. I think it's, I think it's kind of messed up. Or, like, maybe at least if they would have, if she would have said this at, like, the end of the movie after they've went through, like, this death, near-death experience together. I don't know. It just, it didn't work for me. I, I don't think I'm alone in this. But, like, this speech kind of, encapsulated that because that's the point where i'm like okay like why does she like him okay like it it, i I don't know Uh, it just seems it seems not believable to me and like obviously this is a movie so like whatever but i mean i could see like like i said i don't think they had this sort of natural chemistry or anything like the two actors but um i i thought that their relationship was conveyed pretty well (laughs) over the movie so it i don't know scene worked for me well, let's let's just move on then. Um, you would think that Count Dooku, of all people, would have just like known to execute these Jedi while he had them in his uh, in his grasps, but he puts them in like a coliseum instead. <laughs> uh, I don't know why. I don't know who they're trying to impress, but the Jedi break free in like literally seconds, seconds. So yeah, we got a we got a fight on our hands here. Kind of a cool setting, though. I will say that. Yeah, I think this was my this was my least favorite action scene. Well, unless you don't count the video game level, but this is kind of like my least favorite action scene of the movie, honestly. Um, mm. But uh, it was, yeah, it's decent setting. Like the other scenes, I feel like they had more like personal stakes and all this stuff. Where this was like big Jedi army versus Genosian army or whatever, and I was like. I don't know, I wasn't really keyed in on any of the stuff here, you know, like Django Fett's there, and I was like, uh, okay, okay. But I, I didn't hate it or anything. Yeah, I thought that it was okay. Um, like, visually, at least, it's it's pretty cool, because, like, the rest of the Jedi show up, and, like, you know, Mace Windu's got his purple lightsaber, and you finally get to see him in action. Mm. You haven't really seen that before. I do think um, um, he was, like, not totally killing them right away, because he he was using them as bait, you know, to get the other Jedi there. Yeah, yeah, you know what? That's probably very Because then true. he does... Yeah. The, they That's do a... whittle down their numbers big time. Oh, yeah, big time. There, there's a ton of them when they get there, and there's barely any left by the time that uh, that it, it's all yeah, over. Yeah, and I don't know if he knows, like, the total ma- machinations or whatever, but, like, then the whole point of that is so they're... Again, so it's like, yeah, they gotta use the clones. Mm-hmm. 
yeah the the political plot of it is like very interesting i mm-hmm. feel like um and, de- and definitely overshadows the the love story <laughs> for me sure. unfortunately oh uh, yeah you you kind of said it the one thing that i think kind of sucks in this is like like Django fett dies and like i i don't think anybody cared like about Django fett right like he's kind of a he's kind of a nothing character like the idea of him is cool but like it's kind of a nothing character and like I think that it like it just kind of sucked that like yeah okay we get it young Boba Fett's gonna follow in his father's footsteps like mm-hmm. I just I feel like that felt out of place to me yeah it didn't really need to I think be there. you you mentioned it earlier but like Boba Fett is just kind of this he's not a character really and he is but he's he's just kind of like a cool background character where you're like oh that that guy looks cool you know like we don't need to we don't need to get into it with him or you. I'm sure plenty of people have and like books and stuff. And I, I'm totally for that. I think that's cool and fun, but like, do we need to take the time out of this movie to like really explain yeah. it? I don't think so. Yeah. Cause like, I, yeah, I, I feel like for me, I'm just like, I, I don't care how Boba Fett became a bounty hunter. If he has a personal vendetta or if he like, you know, cause like, cause now you can't even pay that off either. Cause like, I guess you can say like, Boba Fett hates all the Jedi, but the Jedi are gone by the time that, yeah. you know, episode five comes around anyways. And he's and just like, looking for Mace Windu is gone. Yeah, he doesn't get to kill Mace Windu. Yeah. <laughs> he's just hunting so, Han Solo yeah. and shit. Like, okay. Maybe maybe if baby Han Solo fucking chopped off Jango Fett's head, that'd make more sense. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that solo Baby movie. Solo. I don't know about the one that they made. <laughs> Um, yeah, Yoda shows up with the clone army. It's kind of cool. Kind of makes me want to watch Clone Wars, actually. Yeah, I think that's really I've good. tried to watch it before, and I feel like it's got to get better from the first episode. But I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if I'll care about this, but I want to watch it. I think I want to watch it. Uh, I do kind of like this, actually, this like last scene. Like all hell is breaking loose. There's like fights going on and like. The dust when the dust comes up and you can only see like kind of the lights of the the beams and like the the guns and stuff like that. I think it looks pretty mm. pretty badass actually. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I I don't know why it wasn't my scene. Maybe it's just because it was just like I I don't know. It was just like my least favorite setting compared to like you're talking about the rain well, and the and the city and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's another CGI fuckfest. <laughs> it is, right? yeah. Like in, in a in a sea of CGI mm-hmm. here, uh, but yeah, I, I kind of like this one. It's uh, it's 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 neat. I think it doesn't it doesn't look as hokey as the as the conveyor belt one, and maybe that's <laughs> that's why. pretty I bad. Like yeah, because it it's that was pretty bad. Um, so Obi Wan and Anakin they finally catch Count Dooku, and they finally throw down. But Anakin sucks, and he gets taken out like immediately mm. by force yeah. lightning. Dooku is so powerful. What a guy. Yeah. He's pretty powerful, yeah. He's pretty powerful. I'm I'm just gonna say Goo. He's no Darth Maul. Say. Imagine if that was Darth Maul instead. And it's the rematch we've been waiting for for ten years. And he's like, I'm gonna avenge Qui-Gon Jinn, and Darth Maul is about to finish off Obi-Wan when Anakin steps in and, and yeah. takes him. Man, that would have been that would have been so good. So good. But alas, <laughs> you don't get that. Yeah. Yeah. Um This this lightsaber fight just fucking sucks. Like between between him and uh Obi-Wan mm. and then between him and Anakin. 
Like the the duel of the fates was awesome because it was so physical and like there was punches and kicks and stuff and like this is so choreographed. But then there's like these weird close up shots of Anakin and Dooku's faces, and they're literally just like they got their ha- they got their hands over their heads and they're like kind of bopping back and forth, so and it's funny. like what. <laughs> It's like, yeah. what the fuck is happening here? Are you dancing or are you fighting? Like, what is this? It's it sucks. Yeah, those those I have those specific shots in my head. Like, those were really <laughs> funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, and I think not to pick on Christopher Lee, but I, like, obviously, he ain't gonna be mm-hmm. doing the type of physicality that Darth Maul was gonna be doing, right? Like, yeah, or I yeah, mean, didn't didn't you could get a stunt double or something. I'm sure they had, they did, but yeah, that's that's it kind of like we talked about the lightsabers in the last one, and I was sort of saying how I never preferred the prequel style um, because I did feel like in the original, it's like it is more, it does feel more of like a real fight, even if it's slower mm-hmm. paced, whereas like this felt like. And not to say like fast paced like fighting and stuff like that can't seem real, but it it always just kind of felt like guys swinging batons around, you know. And I I I wasn't totally fair in that assessment. Like I think there's plenty of great stuff in this and the previous movie, but this was I think yeah, this and the Yoda thing is kind of an this example was, of that. Yeah. You know what I. So the Yoda fight, I guess before we get there, I should mention that Dooku chops off Anakin's arm and beats up uh, Obi-Wan. And then Yoda comes and they have a display of the force and everybody's throwing stuff. And then they have a lightsaber Mm. fight. And this is another like CGI. It's so funny. And Yoda's. I loved it. He's jumping around everywhere, but I loved it too. (laughs) I thought it was great. It was. He's just like this little monkey just fucking bipping and bopping around well, everywhere the setup was so big too of and they go like yeah they say like this won't just be settled with a display of the force and like there's all this like ridiculous build-up and um yoda like pulls his lightsaber out with the force and it's so like it's so like it's so goofy it's so corny i think but it, it's I kind of liked how like earnest it felt, you know, like it really felt like a a fan service kind of moment, you know, like for all you Yoda fans. Yeah, I I agree. It's just like and, and you know what, it wasn't as long as I remember. I think I was thinking of episode 3. Mm. Cuz in episode 3, I'm pretty sure that Yoda throws down with Darth Sidious and like it's a really long fight and it's too long. Um but in this one, it's like short enough that it kind of you're left wanting a little bit more. Uh, it it is kind of like a lame duck finish though. That like like Sidious just throws the the brick or whatever on on Anakin and Obi Wan, and like Yoda has to rescue them, and he just fucks off. And, yeah, you, like there's there's no real finality. Like in a lot of this, like Yoda the character is like kind of cool throughout the movie and like the role he serves, but like not in this. You don't care about him in like the final duel you know (laughs) like what yeah yeah i almost i wonder if it would have been better to give this fight to mace even though like i'm sure people popped for for yoda it makes probably more sense for mace because he's supposed to be like the greatest like combatant 
uh, that there is in the Star Wars universe. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure the pace. Like, of the, yeah, the pacing of the the is the three movies is weird. Just with the ten year gap, and you know, it, it feels like F- Phantom Menace yeah. at times is like its own story. I don't know. It's weird. Darth Maul died. Yeah, like you, you know what? You nailed it. Actually, like Phantom Menace kind of feels complete to me like even <laughs> though it's only the, the first part of the prequel and and like revenge of the sith feels complete and this one just doesn't it doesn't feel like complete to me at all like even to use lord of the rings as an analogy like that one even though it's the middle part still feels complete because you have like the um the, the battle of helms deep and like the the destruction of saruman mm. like you've got stuff at the end of that movie or like I don't know. This one, it just felt like a cliffhanger, and I was like, And eh. two, maybe if you had spent, like, if the first movie was more connected and, like, Anakin was older, maybe you would buy it more into the relationship if they had another movie of them flirting or something, you know? That That's why I feel like I would have cast Anakin older in The Phantom Menace and Padme younger. Or, like, have him meet in the middle or something like that, so that that way they like I, I don't know it seems more natural than it does because like you have some more it, romantic it feels unnatural there's not really like as much as we talked about how weird it was in phantom menace or whatever there really wasn't like much romance between them in the movie you know it was you know it was more yeah. of like a little kid yeah. has a crush on a woman or whatever or a young girl but they weren't yeah yeah they didn't really have any conversations like in this where they're like they got the eyes for each other. Well, uh, that's that's basically our movie here. We've got Dooku escaping, and he delivers the plans for the Death Star to Darth Sidious, which is also the, I think it's the only time we see him in his Darth Sidious garb in yeah, this movie. Yeah, he's like, I threw on my robe uh, for this. <laughs> I wonder uh, I wonder if he, if he does that all the time, or like, Dooku obviously knows that he's Palpatine. So, like, I wonder why he just... I wonder why he just doesn't, like, wear his formals, you know? <laughs> to know. be cool and, and scary. <laughs> he loves it. That is... It is pretty cool, he loves, actually. He loves he does drama. He badass. Uh, he's got himself a big mofo clone army now. So, the set... Or, the, the stage is set. And, uh, also, we have got Anakin and Padme secretly getting <laughs> married. There we go. Living, living that double life. It, yeah. So uh, roll tight yeah. to our our boy Anakin there. <laughs> he's. Uh, I'm sure the honeymoon's going to be good. I wonder what he's going to tell Obi Wan. Uh, I guess we'll see, uh-huh. right? I guess we'll see. Um. So yeah, that's it. That's the movie. I think that. Uh, I, you know, I'm going to agree with the consensus here. I think it's the weakest of the prequels. Um, yeah, I mean, I liked it, but it it had its flaws. Yeah. yeah, I so originally I was like, well, there's no standout moments. I don't think, but I I don't know that that's true. Like, there is good moments in the film, but like they they don't rise above like the film itself. If that makes sense, yeah, like what's that saying about the the some of the parts being greater than the whole? Okay. I don't think that like any of the parts rise above the movie. Like. Like Phantom Menace is is kind of in a lot of ways it's it's really bad, but then like you have these awesome mm. moments that I think like 
rise above and like pull it kicking and screaming to be okay. like a sweet movie for me. Okay. I mean, I like the overall idea of the movie too. I just think um, for me, it was more like there was a lot of weird moments that it's like, okay, this could have been done better. But overall, I, I actually thought it was pretty enjoyable and kind of interesting <laughs> to watch. Um, but um, yeah, I, I just don't, it's kind of what I was go- saying and during Phantom Menace where it's like, um, I, I don't care as much anymore. Whereas like when I watched it mm-hmm. like 10 years ago, when I rewatched it, it, like in my 20s, I was like, yeah, the prequels suck. Everyone says they suck. I think they suck. And so coming to it this time, I was right. like, you know, there's some, there's like interesting stuff here. And I, I like the idea of it, but there was, yeah, just a lot of like spotty parts where I think it could have, could have been more interesting or more uh conveyed better like i think there's basically the whole movie is really interesting and they could have just gotten a lot of its points across better but i still found it enjoyable yeah yeah i mean i did too uh i think that this is an enjoyable enough uh movie but like i i think i kind of mentioned this at the start of the show i have always wanted to love star wars okay and i I, I don't like I like Star Wars, but I don't love Star Wars. And no, none of the movies have made me go like, wow, I love Star Wars. If it, it, and I don't know if that makes sense or not. Maybe it's just <laughs> a weird spiritarianism. But like, yeah, I don't know. I like I think it's I think it's pretty good. But like when I watch um, when I watch like the Duel of the Fates, I'm like, man, I love Star Wars. But then the rest of the movie is mm. like, yeah, this isn't really that that good. It, does that make sense? Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, I I. I uh, understand your um, that concept, but yeah, I, I there's plenty of movies in in this series that I like, so I or that I love, so I I don't have the same perspective. But I guess I get yeah, I get how where you're coming from mm-hmm. there. Yeah, well, uh, I like this movie. I don't love this it's movie. Not, it's like and, awful, uh, as people say. No, no, it's it's not it, it, particularly. The sand scene. Everybody beats up <laughs> on that scene, but like really and truly in context, it's actually like kind of a good scene. It like really shows the difference between them, like you mm. were saying earlier. Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah. Not too not not too shabby. <laughs> that's probably that's my review for this movie. I would um, say very interesting movie. <laughs> yeah, very interesting. Um I I wish that they would have set up a little bit more of the slow burn tension between Anakin and Obi-Wan so that the payoff in the next movie could be uh, a little I bit better. If the but, prequels um, were six movies, it would be even better. <laughs> God, can you imagine? That'd be so dope. Can you the first movie is just a pod racing yes. movie? Yeah, what a, like Anakin <laughs> origin pod racing to get off the planet. That sounds like a great movie. I would, I would watch that. I and that could that. lead into uh, their sure. other you know, the other stuff Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon were doing. Yeah, this is my booking is just make all the movies twice as long. Um, um, I can't wait until next year <laughs> when I, I get to complete my booking of the Star Wars trilogy, prequel trilogy. Uh, so, yeah, I, I can't wait. I can't wait until uh, December of 2021 until we complete our saga with Revenge of the Sith. Just one more year. One more year. Um, all right. Well, 
We all know what uh, what critics thought of this. The Rotten Tomatoes has it at 65%. Uh, audience score is 56%. We asked a couple people in our Discord, and, uh, you know, the, the results were kind of varied. Some people said that they liked it better than Phantom Menace. Uh, other people said that it was just dead ass the worst <laughs> of the prequels. And uh, one of the one of the comments was it had a lot of potential, but it fell flat. And and I think that I tend to agree with that one. I, I think that the potential is there. The idea was good. The the setting was good, but for whatever reason, it just never kicked it into the next gear. And I don't know if that was because of the acting or like all the CGI mm. or like I don't know. Yeah. But it just, yeah, it never got there for me. I think I can uh, align with that more. It's like there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of interesting stuff, but some of the things just don't don't work in the way you want them to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, should we should we even bother with our usual thumbs up, <laughs> thumbs down? It seems like this is kind of the Star Wars special where like let's, it, these movies kind of transcend that. Uh, let's rank them. We got the one and two. Oh well, that's easy. One yeah, and two. I agree. <laughs> both are, both thumbs up, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I would give it a thumbs up. Why not? Why the fuck not? But yeah, we'll keep an ongoing rank <laughs> ranking of Star Wars. Um, you know what? Maybe unless unless we really want to do them all, maybe in twenty twenty one when we finish Watch our the Clone probably going to be like a four hour episode. We'll we'll do uh, a ranking of all the Star Wars movies. I could do that, yeah. Rapid oh, fire, yeah. No, I don't have to rewatch any other ones. Like I can probably do that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't rewatch them. I would just pull the numbers out of my ass and, <laughs> and rank them. Yeah. Um. All right. Any any final thoughts on Attack of the Clones before we get out of here? This has been another <laughs> no, I marathon think, I episode. Think we've got it all out on the table. Okay. That was fun. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> It, yes, roll tied to that. Um, all right, well, we want to know what you think of Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Is it the worst Star Wars movie <laughs> ever? Uh, is it maybe not that bad? What do you think of the sand scene? What do you think of Count fucking Dooku? Uh, let me know if you think that uh, my pitch for Dooku would have been cool. I'm, I'm interested to see Some what you guys think thoughts. at Virtual Theater X. Uh, that's it. We're we're done. We're going to get out of here. Uh, we got some plugs to, to do before we leave, though. Uh, first and foremost, if you haven't, check us out over on Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash virtual theater. We are pumping out the bonus content like nobody's business. So sign up for a buck a month or even five bucks a month, and that'll get you even more bonus shows. So, um, you know, head on over there and, and support the show if you can. That's the best way to do so. Uh, another great way to support us is to check us out over on Twitter at Virtual Theater X. I am at Spateri316. Gooey is at Gooey Fame. And uh, also, if you want to join in on our Discord, we've uh, we've been having some movie nights lately, and rumor has it we might have some more yes, in the future. Maybe some gaming nights. We'll see. I'm gonna I'm gonna play Among Us for the first oh, time ever. Tomorrow yeah, maybe night. we can do that. I'm excited for that. That's a fun game. Yeah, I'd be down. Yeah. Uh, so check us out over on Discord, uh, discord.com forward slash virtual theater. And last but not least, we want you to check us out over on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Go and like and subscribe to Virtual Theater. No poll this mm -hmm. week because we're going to be back next time covering the one, the only, the infamous, the notorious 
Paul W. and his newest movie, Monster Hunter. It's got scathing reviews. I'm excited for this. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, If it's good or if it's bad, especially if it's bad, actually. Mm. I'm hoping that it is. I'm hoping that it's as bad as they say. So, yeah, that's going to be coming your way. Uh, This is our last show of the year, so Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and Happy New Year, everybody, and uh, thank you for another successful and great year of virtual theater. Yeah, hopefully uh, 2021 is even more, well, not even more. Hopefully it's prosperous for people. (laughs) Yes, uh, more more prosperous than 2020 was, that's for sure. Uh, All right, let's, let's get the heck out of here, Goo. And we will see all of you Star Wars nerds back in December 2021 for Revenge of the Sith. Can't wait. <laughs>